what it is, Duke City. We got technical difficulties everywhere. Am I am I bringing the bad luck? Behind, no, it's it's definitely not you. It's definitely not you, my dude. Fred is on assignment in Las Vegas, New, Ve- New Mexico. Beautiful and historic Las Vegas, New Mexico. Yes. And he's having tech difficulties, and he's not going to be able to be here today. And then our lovely intro with the music was done by Star of TV and Radio, KOB TV's own Brandon Ortega. Apparently he's on the Fritz as well. Oh, man. But here we are coming in hot. Oh, man. It's a Fredless Friday. It's your boy Van Nunley, one half of the duo behind ABQ Central. You're listening to 95.9 FM and AM 610 The Sports Animal. But in Fred's stead, mm. we have a special guest. Mm. Local comedian, host of Midday Mayhem. Yes. On 101.3 The Hustle. Yes. Has shows coming up, and he'll tell you all about those in a minute. Yes, I do. Got everything going on. Actor, rapper, <laughs> mathlete, <laughs> cuts, cuts the best. Veal cutlets in the world. <laughs> mathlete. Yeah, he's a mathlete. Mathlete. Yeah. I like that. Robert Buck D. Gibson. What's up, man? What's going on, man? Honored to have you here, dude. Ah, uh, it's uh, it's it's my pleasure, and it's also an honor for you guys to have me up here. I really appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely, man. We're we, we we've been here for like twenty, thirty minutes, just sitting around BSing and like getting ready for the show. And I'm like, oh my god, we need to start working on our segments. I like how fast it came together, though. Yeah, we're having we're having too much fun. We're like, oh wait, we got a job. Yeah, we got to do something. We got a radio show to produce. Be ready to talk when he says, "Okay, your mics are hot." For my money, funniest local comedian in Albuquerque. Make sure you go see his stuff. For my money too. But yes, <laughs> bet on yourself. Exactly. You bet on yourself, you'll never lose, Buck. <laughs> Behind the glass, super producer Mike Vital. How's it going, Mikey? Pretty good after last night. Wow. What a finish. Oh, my What a game. Thursday night football. A little inside info, if loyal listener does not know already, me and super producer Mike Vital are Packer backers. I, I never would have guessed that. And I had you guys to, were ready to talk about this. Uh, uh, we came, came, came right through the door. Oh, my God, yeah. an interception. Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> yeah, we came, in, we came in hot today talking about the Pack. Go, Pack, go. But I am an objective member of the press. So I will talk about it candidly yet objectively. I won't. In the next segment. <laughs> I won't. <laughs> we'll be talking Aaron Rodgers, Green Bay Packers, and yes. Thursday Night Football next segment. But this segment, I want to get to know the special guests. Oh, man. Who are you, Robert? Man. Who are you, Buck? Man. What do you do? It's probably a bunch of people who are listening like, how in the world did y'all get him on here? But, hey, everybody who knows me personally, I'm a huge sports fan. So this is something that's greatly would be an honor to be here. So I want to thank you guys once again. Um, I'm a comedian, man. I just, you know, I've been doing comedy for, it'll be seven years next month. So, and I got my start right here in Albuquerque. So thank everyone in the community that supported me. And, you know, just been doing my thing, man. Growing, keep going upward, all that good stuff. All the great opportunities that are coming. I heard year seven is when you get good. Well, so it's a great time to have you on the show. Wow, man. So you just basically <laughs> told me I've been sucking for six years. Hey, that's, <laughs> your Yelp isn't very kind to you earlier in your career. <laughs> that's true. Very true. Very true. I've been lucky, though, man. I've, I've been doing been lucky to be a part of some amazing things, not only here in the city, but other states and things like that. So it's all well, good. So you are from Cali. 
Yes. Yes, I am. Born and raised, just raised? So I was born in Long Beach, Cali. I moved here to Albuquerque from Dallas. Okay. Yeah. So, And plus, I was in the military, so I've lived a little bit of everywhere. So I'm going to do my best to keep it together all show, but we have beef. Uh-oh, what do we have beef for? You're a Dallas guy. I'm a Houston guy. Well, no, 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 no. You're a no, Dodgers no, no. guy. There we go. I'm not a no. You're let's, a Dodgers let, guy. I'm let, an Astros guy. Let's set this straight right now. I am not a Dallas guy. Okay, I that's just, just a layover. Yeah, yeah. That was just. That's where I found out I wasn't a Dallas guy. So L.A. and Albuquerque. Yes. All right. There we go. There we go. Palm trees and green chili. That's it. Well, I I would I'd say the women instead of the green chili. <laughs> <laughs> The women are better in Albuquerque. Yeah. Oh, man. Hey, hey, hey. We'll keep it family friendly. I tend to agree with you. One of of the jokes that we have on the show is I'm a solid six. Mm -hmm. A couple beers in you, some dim lighting. I'm I'm an Albuquerque eight. Well, see, that's why I do. But I'm an L.A. four. See, that's what I do. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's why I do comedy because women love, you know, the personality. They love the laugh. And I figure, you know, you keep them laughing with their eyes get squintier and waterier. (laughs) And they really can't see what you look like, so they like you for your personality. So without my personality, I'm like a negative pie. Okay. Uh, but with it, it, it pushes me about to a seven. Ooh, but, uh, that's seven. a lot of personality. Yeah, that's a, a whole okay. lot. But in Cali, yeah, I'm, I'm like you, bro. I'm like a three, four. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. I'm broke, too, so I'm yeah. really a two in California. So which, which Kinko's do you work at? <laughs> I'm, like, I'm on vacation, bro. Exactly. Like, I don't live here. Yes, yes. I I tell people all the time, Cali is a great place to visit, uh, sure. not not to live right now. So. Yeah, I've done I've done two weekends in L.A. Had to do, and you probably spent five thousand dollars. All the stuff. <laughs> no, I'm very frugal. Oh, okay. I'm very frugal, but it's still expensive to be frugal. Literally, do in any, to do anything. Yes. 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 Like those fourteen dollar Dodger dogs and sixteen dollar. Oh my gosh. Beers at Dodger Stadium. Oh man, I, the last Dodger game I went to was two birthdays ago. And I thought I had enough money with a hundred bucks, and I was like, "A Dodger Stadium? Yeah, no, that don't, no, you can't even park." Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I get there and it took like three quarters of my money, and I had like eleven bucks for a beer. So I was like drinking backwash with the guy next to me. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> but I was there. Hey, that's all that matters. I was there. I was experiencing the the place. So, yeah, the last time I went to Dodger Stadium was the first. Dodgers Giants game after Ooh. Homeboy got stabbed. You survived? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so it was perfect. Yeah. So as an Astros fan, you know, the, the Giants got Hunter Pence. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So HP hit a home run. Mm-hmm. The Dodgers won, mm-hmm. and no one tried to stab me or jump me. It was a beautiful day. Oh, man. Yeah. Was Dusty the manager then? Yeah. Was he the manager of San Francisco? Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. Look at you. You were um, intertwined in a lot of stuff there. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I dipped my toe into some stuff. But, like, the crazy part was um, we were staying downtown, mm-hmm. and we took a taxi, and then we're like— Wait, wait, you stayed downtown L.A.? Yeah. Yeah, you had no clue. Yeah. <laughs> Did you? For sure. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I li- I, hey, I live in Borellis, too, man. I don't, oh. li- I don't learn. Oh, man. No, I, don't, just, I, don't, I, don't, I don't learn, man. man it's, a, it's, a, <laughs> it's a wonder you're here today, bro. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm on my eighth and a half life. Yeah. That's why I eat so healthy. You got all these, like, these, I see you, man. these, these rabbit snacks. He was like, do you want any, any food? And I was like, nah, man, I'll eat whatever. And then I see what he has. I was like, man, I should have told him something. <laughs> <laughs> He's got me as a vegan poster boy up in here, so, man. <laughs> so we get dropped off at a taxi at the Dodger game. Had a great game. Had a blast. Mm-hmm. And I was like, hey, that's only 20 minutes away. Let's just walk. Mm-hmm. You know, half hour walk. See, see some sights. We'll walk through Chinatown. So 
we're leaving Dodger Stadium, uh-huh. and we take a wrong turn. Oh, man. Classic story. Oh, yeah. Chinatown's to the right. Mm-hmm. I mean, both ways look the exact same. I was like, well, we, we, we drove in this way. We're going to walk out this way. Yeah. We walk like three blocks the wrong way. Mm-hmm. Not a street light in sight. <laughs> like, there was like dogs. Like, dogs were like following us around. Yeah. <laughs> they knew you weren't supposed to be there. Yeah. Dogs were like <laughs> hovering around us like buzzards. They're yeah. like, oh, this guy ain't long around here. Yeah, yeah. So I was like, let's just go ahead and turn around and get a taxi this time. <laughs> <laughs> we had a blast in L.A., though. Well, it seems like the thing about L.A., they're, they're putting up, like, they put up SoFi in the hood, too. If y'all don't know that, SoFi is in the hood. Inglewood, straight in the middle of the hood. So, Well, Inglewood's coming up. It's Well, it has to now. Yeah. It has to. But it's just funny to see Inglewood, and they have such a nice, you know, since the forum went down and all that stuff. SoFi, great place, great venue, and it's like you look around, you hit a block, you're straight in the hood, bro. You're, and, you're and right Robert, there. And Robert, that's where Koreatown, I've been up to L.A. a number of times being in the military. Mm-hmm. Like you, and uh, you go up there, and Koreatown's right in that area, isn't it? No, well, actually, Koreatown's more downtown L.A. Oh, is it? Yeah, that's up up north. Up, it's, a, it's north of Inglewood, yeah. Oh, okay. But, but trust me, it's all the same, bro. <laughs> it's like you don't want to be caught there at night. <laughs> yeah, I had that feeling real fast, real fast. So seven years. You've been in comedy for seven years. Yes, has yes. Albuquerque been home to comedy this yes, whole time? Yes, it has. And you know what? Um, and I tell people when I go on the road, I, you know, I do a lot of things. Shout out to Phoenix. I do a lot in Phoenix, um, El Paso. Um, um, I've even done comedy up in Alaska. I did some comedy in Alaska in Fairbanks, um, the world-famous uh comedy store in LA and I tell everyone I'm like where, they're like, where'd you get your start Albuquerque even it, and they look at me weird because like there is no comedy there's no comedy club there but hey it's all good this is where I got my start and I'll never say I'm not from here when it comes to comedy so that's how I feel about it so you're a comedian tell us a joke Robert oh man <laughs> I knew he was gonna do that right? but I'm gonna tell you this my I, comedy, I know I know better man I'm my kidding. comedy is not radio friendly I do adult comedy but I can do clean but you you guys are hear it hey, you guys are hear it go as far as Red Fox used to go hey all the way I love Red Fox <laughs> I man. grew up on that yeah. yes hey get your finger on the mute button Robert's gonna do a type a type five when we come back from commercial you might as well just lay on it if that's the case. <laughs> So, okay, Alaska. How did you get up to Alaska? What's the story behind that? So, check this out. I, you know, I, I do a podcast. Um, uh, the podcast is called The BS Show. Um, you guys could check it out anywhere you want, anywhere you look at, look up or, or, or listen to podcasts. So, before I started that, I was on internet radio, and I used to have people as far as Vietnam would listen to us. So there was this lady who lived in Fairbanks, and her husband was in the military up there, and he was in charge of, you know, bringing entertainment to the city, to the to the Air Force Base. And they were like, hey, how would you like to come up and do a, this comedy festival up here? And I was like, uh, I don't know if I can afford it. Uh, it was like, don't worry, we, we got you. They, they paid me half, got me an Airbnb, got me a car. Pay me the other half when it was done. Yeah, it was dope. It was. I, I'd never been to Alaska. I spent three, four days up there. The first and last time. No, I had a great time. I had a. Gr- it was different. I thought coming to Albuquerque was different. Has nothing on Alaska. Nothing at all. It's, it's all my list. <laughs> North Northern Lights are yeah. on my list. I have to see yeah. the Northern Lights. It was just weird because when I got there is when the whole change of twelve hours darkness, twelve hours. So it was like eleven o'clock, looking like it does out the window right now and i was not ready for it at all 
All right, Albuquerque, you got three hours with guest host Robert Buck D. Gibson. We'll be back with some Thursday night football talk. You're listening to 95.9 FM and AM 610, the sports animal. 24-21, Green Bay, 15 seconds to go in regulation. Second to go at the five. Edmonds stands to the right of Murray in the gun. Three receivers to the left, single wide to the right is A.J. Green. Shotgun snap comes in, helmet high. Murray throws to the right side, and it's intercepted! It's picked off by Rasul Douglas! He wanted A.J. Green, who never turned around! And Rasul Douglas, the juggling interception in the back right corner of the end zone to salt it away for the Green Bay Packers! What a career for A.J. Green. <laughs> he announces his retirement halfway through that route. <laughs> he turned into A.C. Green like, at the forum. Like, come like, on, man. Today, A.C. Yeah, Green. Yeah, yeah, today, A.C. Green. There you go. <laughs> go, Pat, go. How did you feel when, you, when that play happened, man? Really? Like, did you, did, when, before it happened, you were like, this game's over. Well, I, I told you earlier, like, I, I went to the movie for the first time since COVID. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's yeah. right. So you so, didn't get to see it live. While this amazing, air quotes, upset happened, because the Cardinals were six-and-a-half-point favorite. Really? That much? That's, that was, a, that's, that's too much. Big, Way uh, too much. Yeah, I mean, the Packers had a lot of people out. We'll get into that in a minute. But I went and watched the French Dispatch, <laughs> the new Wes Anderson film. So I was doing, like, the exact opposite of watching football. Oh. Like, you wasn't watching it on your. You wasn't like trying to check the score or none of that. No, I'm not. I'm not phone and movie theater guy. I like, am with, you know. with my teams. Yeah. yeah. Yes, big time. <laughs> I, uh, I'll go to the bathroom. I'll do anything. <laughs> I have to know what the score is. Sitting in for Fred Slow today is Robert Buck D. Gibson, local comedian. Yes. Magnate, sports <laughs> fan, host. Big time. Big time. Big time. Host of Midday Mayhem on 101.3 The Hustle. Wears a lot of hats, and one of them today is co-hosting ABQ Central on 95.9 FM and AM 610, the sports animal. This is fun, man. I'm just getting started. We're already having fun. That's I love great, it. right? I love it. On top of Buck D, 430, very next segment, we have Voice of the Lobos, Rob Portnoy, joining us to talk Lobos and his beloved slow-starting L.A. Lakers. Oh, man, it's, it's our beloved. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a huge gonna, Lakers gonna, fan, I'll just I'll take that segment off. You could have it. <laughs> 5.30, we have KOB TV's very own Brandon Ortega to talk local sports and World Series with us. And we might have a special guest in the 6 o'clock hour. I'm not sure. But I don't think we need it because we have Albuquerque legend Buck D with us. Back to Thursday night football. Oh, yeah. So first off, Six and a half points? That was way too much. That was disrespectful. The Green Bay Packers that was have a number 12 on their team. Yeah. The Green Bay Packers were in the NFC Championship yeah. last year. The Green Bay Packers have won six games in a row. There we go. That's chalkboard material yeah. to Aaron Rodgers. Six yeah. and a half points? And you know he took it to heart. 100%. You know he yeah. did. You can Good see it point. in his eyes. You can see it in his eyes. The and, reigning MVP sat there last night. You could tell he was not ready to retire, although he said that, remember, three months ago. It's kind of funny. He doesn't look like he wants to retire oh, yet. No. no, he looks like he's one of the boys. Like high fives, team leader. Well, when you have someone like Tom Brady still killing it, and he's seven years younger than Brady, you're like, oh, yeah, I got a good decade to go mm-hmm. with Aaron Rodgers. That's, and, that's how I feel. And, and the rules for protecting the quarterback just – keep getting tighter and tighter yeah. every year. Yeah. yeah. So, 
I mean, Tom Brady, at his pace, like he's never thrown the ball better. He's never had a quicker release. Mm-hmm. He's never had more protection. He, he can play at least 50. Yeah. He can, he can play, go, man. He can play until there's, like, new AARP rules <laughs> that force people to retire. <laughs> you know what I did the other day? I looked up George Blanda. You know how old he looked compared to Brady? Like, it's George Blanda looked like he was 80 years old. He looked still he playing. was 80. He looked like Tom Brady's grandpa. There's a lot of Raider fans and probably they, mad at me right now. but <laughs> They can't be mad. It's true. This guy was, like, smoking cigarettes, throwing screen passes. On like, the field. On the field. <laughs> on the field. <laughs> so let's let's get back to this game. All right. So let's talk about what happened before the pass, before the interception. How did you feel when your beloved Packers could not score a touchdown oh. on the one? Listen, I I knew it. Did you hear? Did you hear him? Yeah. Okay. Vital. Four, four chances on the one. Vital, you were watching in real time. Yeah. I had to watch highlights. What what was going through your head, Vital? Well, five of the six times they were inside the five-yard line in the last night's game did not work out for him. And then when Aaron Jones' butt hit the ground before he crossed in the end zone, mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, no, because I think they needed that cushion. Yeah. But uh, they won it in the trenches, if you saw the game early on. I thought they dominated time of possession in the first half. But mm-hmm. they, they owned the Cardinals in the uh, defensive and offensive lines. That's what I thought, because they were able to control the game with that run game, right? Yeah, they ran way more than I thought. Both teams. Yeah. Yeah, both teams. Well, I think Arizona was forced to run because they were all over Kyler Murray. Yeah. Kyler couldn't get away last night. Yeah, and then Hopkins goes out in the second half. That really hurt uh, the Cardinals' ability to get downfield, too. Uh, I'm a big Aaron Jones guy. Mm-hmm. I think he's definitely the best all-around back in the Packers' backfield. Well, you're, talk, you're talking about the one-yard line. Yeah. That's A.J. Dillon territory. Yes, give it to the big guy. Give it to the big guy. Let him yeah. plow right through. Yeah. Do it four times in a row. And I was, I was upset last night for selfish reasons. For fantasy football, uh-huh. I, have, uh, I have Justin Herbert and I have Kyler Murray. Okay. And I was like, okay. That's a good get. How'd you oh, get yeah. both those guys? Well, well, you know, I took Kyler Softly, early. softly. And then people were, they were just letting Herbert drop. And I was like, y'all are tripping. But so I'm, I, I put Kyler in because I thought it was going to be a shootout. After the first half, I was so discouraged. I was like, this guy, man, he's yeah. usually a video game. Yeah. So that, the, the Packers were playing good D, man. They, they, were, they were getting after it. And they played great coverage. They had some really smart schemes as well because mm-hmm. they were out their top two cornerbacks. They had yeah. 11 starters out, and they lost Robert Tunyon to the season with that oh, yeah. ACL tear. His, his, his ACL, yeah. yeah. So that's George, That's George Kittle Jr. right there. <laughs> yeah, actually it is. Yeah, he's good. He All tra- he does he, is touch cut, yeah, to catch touchdowns. Yeah. And he was, he's on my fantasy team, too. He's on my bench, too. Oh, he's on my bench, though. Yeah, but, yeah. yeah he's my, he's my <laughs> fill-in every week. Yeah. But, yeah, man, okay. So everyone said, like, oh, don't mess with Aaron Rodgers. See, this is what happens when you talk smack to Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers had 15 incompletions and didn't throw for 200 yards. Yeah. It was, it was a team effort. Yeah, it was. This was yeah. not an Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. Like, if you wanted to say this was Aaron Rodgers' game, Aaron Rodgers would have scored at that drive. Yeah. Aaron Rodgers yeah. would have split them out wide, hit Cobb or hit somebody over the middle like he always does. Gets, well, I think that was the, the problem. They tried to do that, but they were honing in on Cobb. Yeah, they were holding on because Adams wasn't there. Yeah, and Cobb, Cobb, Cobb was already killing them from earlier. Yeah, two yeah, touchdowns on five receivers. receptions. Yeah. yeah, yeah. 
So speaking of fantasy, that's one of my genius moves of the week. I was down a wide receiver in one league, and I put in Randall Cobb, and he got me two touchdowns. See, man, whenever <laughs> I do, luck. whenever I do fandom, it uh, kills me. Just, it kills me. Yeah. But I, I'll say for me, the opposite this year. I I sat Herbert for the Browns game. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. Like an idiot. I missed out on like fifty points. So, I mean, back to the Packers. Yeah. They were in the NFC Championship last year. They won six games in a row. Yeah, two. I mean, two years straight. A lot of people say Aaron Rodgers can't win the big game. But, again, it's a team game. Like, without his team, they would have got demolished last night. They played very smart defense. They run the ball. They ate the clock. They took the ball out of Kyler's hands. That was a team win. That wasn't a Rodgers win. Well, without Rodgers, they win, what, maybe one game? (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. I'm just saying. And did you see that second touchdown Cobb caught, Buck? Yes. Just the throw and how he needled it right yes. through right through the hands of the Cardinals defender. So, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask you guys this question, and I think I already know the answer because you're Packer fans. Is Green Bay the best team in the NFC right now? Yeah, Look, I do. He didn't even take a breath. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they, they won seven in a row now. They they're, went on the road. Their their defense is strong. I hear some grumblings of Cowboy fans. Their, their offensive line <laughs> is strong. But I think I think it's too early to say because so many teams are playing well. Yeah, the NFC's top heavy. I think the best roster, I mean just roster, you got to argue in between the Bucks and the Rams. Oh yeah. I I'll, I'll I'll give that one to Tampa Bay. Yeah. Just because it's Brady. I'll take Brady over Stafford any day. Sure. Sta- I mean, Stafford still has to prove himself in the playoffs. We'll see. Just a whole That's roster of yeah. skill set. I mean, I'm talking, you know, Bucks or Rams. But right behind them, I see Packers, and then right beneath the Packers, I see the Cowboys. Right, right. Because I, mean, I, I see injuries. This is the whole the, the denominating factor here for how well each team does. And you said you said something that that I will make me say Green Bay is the best. They won that game against an undefeated team with eleven people hurt. Like I don't think any of the other top teams can have eleven out and they win. Their left tackle, yeah. Besides quarterback, the most important position on the three field. Wide outs, mm-hmm. Three wideouts. Three wideouts. The tight end. Their top two cornerbacks. Top two cornerbacks. Just beat me to the You take you take over by two yeah. line, Go ahead. Two Go linebackers. Ahead. Yeah. They he won the game with two vans and three bucks, man. Like for <laughs> real. Like who can do that? Yeah. Like for real. No, no way. Like I, I'll, I'll say it. They're the best team in the NFC. They're playing like it right now. Yeah. If I mean, they got Aaron Rodgers. They have a strong defense. They have a strong offensive line. If the receivers and the skill play, if the receivers and running backs are healthy, they're just as good as anybody in the NFC. Right. I think it'll all come down to who has the home field advantage. And right now, that win was big for the yeah. Packers. Does that doesn't that give them the home, home Tie, field? tiebreaker? Yeah, they're, Ooh, they're you got to go up home the field frozen right tundra. Is it tundra? <laughs> All right, we'll be back with Rob Portnoy. We'll be talking Lobos and Los Angeles Lakers when we come back. You're listening to 95.9 FM and AM 610, the sports animal. Chavez is under center. The tailback is Dumas. Tight end to the right is Jarvis. And it's a play fake. Chavez rolling out. It's a throwback. He has a man wide open. It's caught at the 30. It'll be a Lobo touchdown. All the way to the house. Trace Buckler. 6 nothing Lobos. 43 yards. Wow, what a call. Welcome back to ABQ Central on 95.9 FM and AM 610. The sports animal. It is a Fredless Friday. As we have Albuquerque legend Robert Buck D. Gibson sitting in with us today. This is so fun, man. 
It's so, cool, right? So fun, so effortless. This is how radio should be. Well, I mean, you can you should at least lie a little bit. Say you're trying very hard and this is very difficult. No. And, no. And no. The level of skill needed is very high. I'm on radio too, so I can definitely tell when someone's nervous. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I know if, if I was that nervous, you'll be able to figure that out pretty quickly. Joining us right now on the Quan's Auto Care Hotline is friend of the show, friend in real life, your favorite announcer, voice of the Lobos, Rob Portnoy. How you doing, friend? Oh, Van, uh, great to be with you guys. That is the, the most entertaining introduction I've ever had, for sure. <laughs> that was awesome. Um, no, it's good to be with you, and uh, yeah, pretty cool. Lobos got a, a football W on Saturday. All right, not talking X's and O's, not talking the future of the Lobos. Just tell me, how fun was it to call that game with Isaiah Chavez behind the helm and see the Lobos rally around him? You know, Coach Gonzalez said he could run for mayor, and I'm not so sure he couldn't. I mean, the kid is amazing. Um, really fun getting to know him a little bit over these last two years, and it's a guy that you just pull for. I mean, how can you not be invested in a young man like that? Um, he's awesome. Um, he doesn't jump off the page, you know, with anything. Doesn't have a great arm. Not particularly fast. Isn't super quick. He's not overly big. He's not super strong. Um, he's just a winner. He's just a, a, a guy that the, the team loves to get behind. They totally believe in. He makes plays. Uh, at the right time, he's smart. Uh, he's a leader. Uh, yeah, it's awesome watching the way that he runs the show. And, uh, you know, he's got a win off the bench now against Wyoming last year. Then he started and put up a whole bunch of points and beat Fresno to end last season. And now in his first and only start this year, he comes out on top against Wyoming again. He's 3-0, and and who knows when he's going to lose. You know who you're describing when you're talking about Isaiah? undersized, doesn't have the biggest arm, isn't the fastest guy. It sounds like you're talking about Tom Brady, Rob. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. Is Isaiah Chavez um, the next Tom Brady? Come on, man. You heard it here first man. from Robert Portnoy, Don't do him voice like of the Lobos. Don't do him like that. Come on now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. he. It, you know what is really cool is that um, when there's a play there to be made, he seems to make it. 99% of the time. And for an offense that's been struggling, that was huge on Saturday. And they didn't even really completely, you know, um, unlock the toolbox for him either. There was some stuff that they want to do with him that they didn't really do on Saturday because they didn't really have a chance to work on it enough and they didn't want to turn the ball over. Um, because they saw how well the defense was playing. I, I haven't seen a game where a, a game plan was laid out uh, by a staff and then better executed by a team ever. I mean, it, they hit the freaking blueprint perfectly, guys, and the recipe uh, got them a win. So, obviously, Isaiah Chavez is the big story. Lobo legend, undefeated <laughs> Isaiah Chavez, the big story. As he should but, be. But to me, like, Rocky Long's defense, like I told Coach G yesterday, mm. they were the second best team in the country because they gave up three points three. and some somebody out there gave up zero. <laughs> so that's the second best defense in the country you were watching. What what was hey, the key? What, what was the key to that performance, Rob? Uh, so look, here was what the game plan was. This this is the way it was laid out to me. 
need to give the defense a chance because we think they're good enough to win the game. That's the confidence level that they're starting to get in Coach Long's defense now past the halfway point uh, here in the second season. And so what they did was they ran the ball, they ran the play clock down inside five every play, they allowed the defense to be on the sideline a little bit, Van. Listen to this stat from the week before in the loss to Colorado State. This isn't the total number of offensive possessions the Lobos had. They had more than eight possessions. But on eight of those offensive possessions in the loss to Colorado State at home the week before, eight of their possessions, they had the football for less than 40 seconds of clock time. Okay? That's incredible when you think about that. They didn't even hold the ball for a minute. So somehow the defense was good enough to keep the team in the game. They got the punt return touchdown. It was only 13-7 to at the half. But it's not a sustainable model, boys. It's just not. And it caught up with the Lobos in the second half exactly like you would expect it to. Well, guess what? The Lobos owned time of possession on Saturday in Laramie. They established the run in the first half when they needed to. Now, if they couldn't have done that, who knows? Maybe the game plan gets blown up and it doesn't work out that way. But they did. And they were able to play pretty vanilla on offense in the second half. And like I said, not really unlock the toolbox. Because the defense was so good, they were confident the defense could finish it. And they did. And, I mean, they're, they're going to have to adapt, continue to adapt. And we don't know if it's going to look exactly the same against UNLV. But, boy, do they have a nice formula. I got something for you, Rob. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring it back to uh, the new Tom Brady. <laughs> I'm going to bring it back to Isaiah Chavez. So, you know, I'm looking here. He went for 11 for 12, which is great completion percentage. And you're saying they haven't opened the lockbox yet. Do you think that's going to change against UNLV? Are they going to let them throw the ball more? So that's a great question. And the, the completion percentage is a, a record for Lobo football, by the way, minimum 10 attempts. Um, he is Isaiah brave. would acknowledge Van, that a he, few of those are little shovel flips on the jet sweep. Van, you know, even if you're behind brave. the line of scrimmage, you toss it forward. <laughs> right. It's a forward pass, and you get credit for that. Mm-hmm. The only incompletion was a ball he threw away because they tried a tight end throwback similar to the touchdown that you guys heard when we came on out of the break, only this time they had it double covered, so he threw it away. That's the only time the ball hit the ground when he threw it. I, I'm talking as much about throwing the ball more because – Coach Gonzalez has talked about with sort of what he envisions. is that He said, we can't be a true triple option team. We can't throw the ball five times and, and, and contend for a championship. You know, he looks at Air Force as a consistent model of success, but no championships. He wants to win five. He wants the fifth conference title. Air Force doesn't have one in the Mountain West, and he knows you've got to throw it more than five times. He said, look, we're going to be a team ultimately that throws it 15 to 20 times a game. So, yeah, they, they could let Isaiah throw it a little bit more. But what, the other part of it is there's more to do in the run game, okay? When he pulls it in the zone read and he takes it to the perimeter, there's another piece. A lot of times this past weekend he turned it upfield. They didn't want to expose him and expose his pitch man. In most cases it was Luke Wysong to the possibility of a nasty hit and the ball hitting the ground. They hadn't worked on the perimeter blocking enough to do that part of it. So there's another level that they can take the run game with Isaiah operating it because he's so good at it. Rob, I want to ask you real quick about uh, the next appointment, uh, opponent, UNLV. 
But can you give me a quick synopsis of what you're going to see in that game? Because I got to hear your thoughts on the Lake Show and what they look like going forward. So, so what's the keys to to beating UNLV and keeping this keeping this going for the boys? Uh, I think it's the same, absolutely one hundred percent the same. You will see a game plan that gets tweaked a little bit, Van. Um, it will get modified. It'll probably get advanced because they have two weeks, right, to put it in to 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 set it up because of the bye week. So. They are not going to deviate from the formula, but they're going to expand on it. And, look, the, the rest of the schedule, Van, this is a game the Lobos feel like they can win, they should win, they almost have to win, right? If, if you want to look at the, at the year at the end of the season and say it was a successful year, to make it successful, you've got to beat UNLV at home. It is a team that is struggling, and the last three are going to be brutal. Fresno State is playing San Diego State this week, probably for the West Division title. Boise State is a little down, but winning on the blue turf is tall order. Utah State is competing for the Mountain Division championship. That's the last three. That's a gauntlet. So crucial weekend, crucial game, November 6th, 5 p.m. kick. And uh, hope Lobo fans turn out big time for that one. Okay, Rob, okay. I got to talk about my Lakers, man. I'm a huge fan. Laker fan, lifelong Laker fan since I was a kid. We have this team full of veterans. We're coming up with a slow start. Are we in trouble already? Oh, man. I, <laughs> I am so torn uh, because <laughs> I, I think Russ is one of the most remarkable players that the NBA has ever known. And I don't think there's anybody that's played with a higher motor than that guy. And, you know, the criticisms about padding stats – in meaningless games and whatever, I I don't buy any of that garbage. To do what he's done, um, to, to carve out uh, a place in NBA history the way that he has, an unprecedented one, at least in this generation, is incredible. And I, I love seeing him in, in the form blue and gold, and I think it's phenomenal, um, you know, the, the roster they put together. But I'm so worried that, You've got two ball-dominant players, and I just don't know how the, the Braun-Russ dynamic is going to work out yet. I mean, can, can LeBron play off the ball for the majority of the game? And then in crunch time, it's got to be LeBron with the basketball. Can all of a sudden he become the point forward that he's been his whole career? I, how does that even work? I, I, look, they've got a lot of time to figure it out, but – as, as excited as I was about it going into the year, um, because of the generational talents, obviously, I, I am I am really, really worried. I, I think the pieces they put around them are terrific in terms of the outside shooting, uh, a really nice group of three-point shooters. And AD looks like he's going to have a dominant year if he stays healthy. He looks like himself, at least thus far. Um, but that's a big if with regard to his health. I, I think the key question is how do, how do Braun and Russ coexist, and I don't know. So I – I think they will get it together eventually. I mean, they have four Hall of Famers and then a fringe Hall of Famer on yep. this roster. And I don't think they need to play dominant basketball early in the year. They just need to go into the playoffs healthy. So yep. a, te- a team like Los Angeles, as long as they're not like a-, a six or seven seed right at the cutoff, I think all they have to do is just be healthy in the playoffs. Is that how you feel? Yes. 
and yet I but, still pose the question. But. <laughs> yeah. I, I, like, what do the final five minutes of a basketball game look like with those two guys on the court together? I mean, is Russell Westbrook, Westbrook all of a sudden going to become a floor spacer? And stand at the three-point line, no. and and you know take feeds from LeBron and knock down threes. Not just no, but you know hell no. Yeah, that's yeah, that's yeah. not his game. So, I, yeah, I, I don't know, man. I, maybe uh, maybe they, look, they're two of the best of all time. If they can't figure it out, no one can. But I think there's a lot of figuring to do. Rob Portnoy, voice of the Lobos, best in the biz friend of the show, friend of real life. Always love having you on. Thank you so much, Rob. Hey, Van, you boys keep killing it. Um, enjoying it, and thanks for having me. Appreciate you so much. Thank you for the kind words about ABQ Central on 95.9 FM and AM 610, the sports animal. Sports animal. Sports animal. Right now, so what is it? That's three out of five now. And that's how you got to look at it. Whether you lose three, it's still you got to win four. So um, you got to get to one at a time. Wow. Okay. Life-shattering analysis from Dusty <laughs> Baker. Sounds like they lost. Yeah, you know, you know, uh, out of a, a seven-game series, and when each when each team wins one game, that means there's there's five games left. And out of those five, you got to win three because you already have one win. And then if you have three more wins, that's four. It sounds like he wasn't even at four, the game. Four, four is the amount of wins that it takes to to win the series. All the generic talk, all the stuff we already know. Thank you. That's it. Thank you, Dusty Baker. Yeah, for that amazing analysis. Of counting to four. <laughs> Amazing. That, that literally is what it sounded like he did, too. It was like counting. He's like, so we got one, two, three. Yeah, if we win three more. Three more. We got to win three more. We win the chip. Yeah. <laughs> America versus Houston. That's exactly what it is. Yep. No, it's the world. The world. Houston. Uh, yes. You're, 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 in, you're in sports heaven right now. I'm loving it, man. You're, you're in sports. I just thought about that. The Packers, Packers air quote, upset. Yeah. Oh, dude, I've been so spoiled. Yeah. Like, the Astros have been good. Like, because I grew up right outside of Houston. So, okay. when I was there, was at the tail end of, like, Nolan Ryan and Mike Scott. Mm -hmm. Like, the, those Old Astros school. that competed yeah. and lost to the Braves all the time. Yeah. And then they were bad for a while. And then the rise of the Killer Bees. Yeah. So, I mean, that's when my formative years, like, when yeah. I was, like, a real, real baseball fan was in Houston during the Killer Bee years. So that like, had a huge impact on me, obviously. And then now, like the last five years. I don't oh, know you've been you, spoiled, I was man. so spoiled. I don't know if you know this, but the Houston Astros have, are one of three teams all time in the history of baseball to go to the championship series five times in a row. Really? Yeah. The 70s Oakland A's, the 90s Braves, and now the teens Astros. The Yankees aren't in there anywhere? Nope. That's crazy. That's Yankee. what I was going to say. That's Red crazy. Sox or Yankees are not a part of that. Of huh? all the Yankees' sustained success throughout the years, they never did it five years wow. in a row. Yeah. Well, I'm going to need uh, Atlanta to win this. Break this up, man. Yeah. It's, <laughs> Break this up. So, so Southern Texas <laughs> and New Orleans yeah. are very bright orange. The rest of the country yeah. is brave blue. Get them out of here. I'm a, I'm a Dodgers fan, so you already know what it is with me. You know what I'm so happy for? Some kid is going to be watching the World Series with his dad. Mm -hmm. 
and he's going to see Jose Altuve hit a home run and be like, look at that little guy hit a home run. If he can do it, <laughs> I can do it. Jose Altuve is my new favorite player. And his dad is like, get over here, boy. Let me tell you what they did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're never going to be an Astros fan. He's gonna, Jose Altuve was a cheater. He's going to show him coming to home plate yeah. and trying to rip his jersey off. Like, no, no, I don't want to show my cleavage. No. <laughs> <laughs> America versus the Astros. It, it, I've talked about it a lot on this show that, like, I went through the, all the stages of grief. Right. Being an Astros fan. Because the Astros, because, I mean, the Astros, they were – Average at best, competitive right. for years right. and years and years, right? But then they finally get to the top. They finally win the World Series. And I've never been happier for strangers than I was in that moment right. when the Astros won the World Series. More World Series talk when we come back. You're listening to ABQ Central on 95.9 FM and AM 610, the sports animal. Mm. DJ Vital on the ones and twos. What is that? That's getting me. <laughs> My inner Anglo was going crazy for that song. What is that? Uh, Jet, the Strokes? Gonna, are you going to be my girl? Oh, is that? Oh, okay. I should have noticed that one. What is he I trying to say? Know who Jet is. <laughs> Welcome back to ABQ Central on 95.9 FM and AM 610, the sports animal. We have a Fredless Friday. Fred's out on assignment in beautiful, historic Las Vegas, New Mexico. But in his stead, we have Albuquerque legend Robert Buck D. Gibson. Having fun, hour one? Man, this is, that's been an hour already? An hour fly oh, by. Yeah, that's when you know you're having fun. And that's, that's not even just me talking in general. This is really fun, really fun, really natural. I love it. So everybody's getting off work right now. Everyone's in their car. Usually, you know, we're hip with the technological crowd. People, okay. people stream us, you yeah. know, listen to us on their, their AirPods. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But people in their cars right now are just getting off work, yeah. and they're probably looking for something to do coming up. Mm-hmm. So why don't you tell them about your next gigs? Oh, man. So if you like to not only laugh but actually laugh at people, <laughs> so on November the 3rd, we're gonna, I'm going to be hosting. It's called The Comedy Roast Battles. It's at 730. It'll be at Revel Albuquerque. Um, basically, we have seven matchups between 14 comedians, and we'll just be – well, they'll just be roasting each other. Just, I don't know if you know what a roast is, but it's just people talking noise about each other in a comedic way. But we're all friends. We're all buddies. It's fun, though. And it's also will be stand-up comedy as well. Um, we have Kurt, Fre- Kurt Fletcher, who is an Albuquerque legend himself. The, to me, he's the best comedian in the city from Ooh, Albuquerque. A strong he's, word. Yes, he's he's been on the road. He's one of the people that I went to go look at and was like, you know what? I want to do this. Um, also, my homeboy, uh, Smitty, Steph, Steph Darnell, he's, he'll be doing stand-up as well. Um, and this event, I also want to say all the proceeds are going to go to Clothes Helping Kids Incorporated. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah, so that's anything that's being paid at the door. We're taking donations, all that good stuff, to help out Clothes Helping Kids Incorporated. When and, when and where is that again? So that's going to be November the 3rd, Wednesday at 7.30 p.m. at Revel Albuquerque. Nice. Revel's yeah. a cool spot. I love that place. It's cool. It's dope. It's yeah. nice. It's a new food hall in Albuquerque. If you haven't been there yet, go check it out. you got a lot of options, a lot of fun things to do there as well. Yes. Before the break, we're talking about America versus Houston. <laughs> Everyone thinks the Astros are a cheater, and for good reason. Hey, hey, hey. Because they got they away with did. it. They got away with it. Okay. They got away with it. 
So loyal listener may not know, Buck D is a Dodgers fan. Huge. From Long Beach, a lifer. Yes. Huge Dodgers fan. Mm -hmm. And he's been so kind and so patient with me sitting here this whole time. (laughs) An Astros fan. Just the kindest of words you would not imagine. (laughs) So uh, what do you think would a fair punishment be for the Astros? Oh, hey, give the Dodgers that championship. Oh, just hand it right over? (laughs) To us. That's ours. That's ours. Okay. But – I'll tell you what, though. This season, like thirty seconds ago, I thought you were a reasonable person. No, no, I'm not. I'm, I not a, I'm, I'm a fan completely. No fan is reasonable <laughs> ever. If you're a reasonable fan, you're not a fan. You're not a real fan. You're not a real. Fan. You're not a real fan. But I'll say this: the Houston has proven they are talented, and they are the team. They're the team. Third, uh, like we said before, championship series five years in a row. Yeah. And this will be their third third World Series in five years. Hey, it's it's like when Brady when they did the Inflate Gate. Okay, cool. Well, Deflate Gate, whatever they called it. Who cares? Give me a real ball, and I'll still win. And that's that's what Houston is doing right now. So. Inflate Gate, then yeah. Spy Gate, Spy Gate, and then every some gate. other yeah. gate, yeah, yeah, Massage Gate. <laughs> <laughs> People forget about that one. Yeah, I, I yeah. didn't. I didn't. I got you. Yeah, Robert Kraft. He's a dirty dude. Like, hey, he. You know what? He just was like, you know what? I'm gonna align myself with Meek Mill and other rappers, and <laughs> yeah. people will forget about me getting massages illegally. <laughs> like, I'm super, and they did. I'm super surprised that Robert Kraft didn't immediately trade for Deshaun Watson. After oh, both their oh, ma- oh. after their massage news came oh, out, they're that, two peas in a pod, man. Perfect. Yeah, he, he'd have been like, "Man, give me your connects, yeah. <laughs> give me, give me your contacts down there." <laughs> so, so uh, Coach Belichick, what are your what are your thoughts on trading for Deshaun Watson? Is it, well, well, Robert Robert Kraft came to me the other day and he said <laughs> he needs he needs a new massage buddy, and he's he's really he's really good at football too. He like he likes to play the game out on the field, and he's a he's a but. Mostly, it's a it's a massage thing with Robert. I thought I it was kind of weird. But. I don't know. You're talking too much to be Belichick. <laughs> Belichick, that's like the interview of the century right there. If he's talking that much, Amer- America versus Houston. Yeah, let's, let's, let's get back. Let's get back at it. I'm I'm actually surprised that Houston dropped one of those first two games because they're so unstoppable in Houston. And you know, uh, me and a Dodgers because of fan, the cheating. Yeah. <laughs> I wasn't going to say it, but no, let's just keep it to this season. This season, no cheating. Allegedly no cheating. Allegedly. Also, there's alleged cheating. You see the White Sox accuse them of cheating? Oh, it's the White Sox. And then, and then then, people said they could heard whistling from the dugout. I was like, oh, whistling? What are they? Whistling at a baseball game? What? The noise that's happened at every single baseball game are in the history calling, of the world. Are they calling pigeons or what? Like, what is that going to help? What is that going to help? I'll just okay. I'm gonna stick to just the World Series. I was surprised that they they dropped that first game. I was surprised. I just I for me I thought they have too much firepower for the Braves. They're gonna blow them out first two games. I, I would like to think that as well. But little known fact, mm-hmm. an Astros dork here knows this. Oh, the Astros have been in four World Series. They've lost Game One every single World Series. Oh, including in '17 to your Dodgers. Yes. Yes, yeah, okay, all right. So they have to make it a competitive series. Yeah, they're, they're, pro- they're very prolific at losing the first game. Yeah. So they what do ex- you – They excel at it, if you will. Let me, let me ask you then, what do you think they're going to do going back to Atlanta? Are they going to take one? Are they going to take two? Well, I, I, I think they will take two, and I'll tell you why. 
Atlanta will definitely steal one at home. They're going to get the buzz. They'll get the energy off the crowd. Oh, yeah. Atlanta is one of the few places in the MLB that actually has a home field advantage. They sell out. They yes. don't let visitors buy tickets. Like it's just. Oh really? A seat. Oh, they do. Yeah, they do. But you know but what I'm not, saying? Yeah, like, yeah. You're not just gonna get. You a can't big just bowl. go on StubHub and yeah. be like, "Oh, I want this one. I want this one. Exactly. I want this one." Exactly. No, they sell out and they keep their tickets and they show up. Mm-hmm. And it actually has a home field advantage. So that's gonna shake some of the Astros' young pitchers. That's gonna shake some of the Astros' relievers. Their lineup is battle tested. They've been through the wars, man. The offense is great. Like, the offense is great. The offense has been there, done that. They're a bunch of veterans, except for, you know, Jordan Alvarez mm-hmm. and whoever plays center field, whether it's uh, McCormick or Siri. Right. I, li- I like this kid, Siri, a lot. He's going to mm-hmm. be good. So besides whoever the rookies that are playing center field, they got a battle-tested lineup who don't scare. Right. You know, they, they don't scare. But I'm worried that the home field in Atlanta – they got it. Will yeah. will they do, man? Oh. It gets so loud. Oh yes, yes, yes. And Houston does too, but it didn't shake the Braves. No, well, I think um, if the Braves were going to get one, it was that first game, just because Houston had a longer layoff, mm. so they were waiting, sitting around, while Atlanta was like, okay, we just came off of this series and we just go right into it. And, and I'm and I'm curious to see, like, it could be a slugfest. It depends on which they, Astros pitchers show up. Look. Because their pitching staff has been Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. Atlanta does not want that. No. I don't think Atlanta's offense could hang with Houston's offense. Well, I mean, it depends on how bad the starting pitchers from Houston are pitching. That's true. That's Cause, true. Because in, in, in game six, Luis Garcia threw a two-hitter, an eight-inning two-hitter. Mm-hmm. The game before that, he got shelled, didn't make it out of the second inning. Right. Which one's going to show up? Right. It's, in, it's, in, game, in game five, uh, the Astros starter, Framber Valdez, pitched a gym. Mm-hmm. And then you saw in game one, didn't make it out of the second inning. It's weird trying to predict what starting pitchers are going to do or even if they get the opportunity now in the postseason. And yeah. are you going to put in a pitcher that had short rest from a start? I there think that's go. what happened to Garcia. Yep as well as the other guy in that lineup for the Astros. I mean, the thing is, is that you got, what, three starters in your rotation, the rest goes to the bullpen, so that could be where he gets a little dicey. Yeah, and, and to the Astros' credit, they do have really good uh, long-inning bullpen guys. Mm-hmm. You know, they can eat up a lot of innings for you. Yeah, they got a lot of innings eaters that are really solid pitchers and then the dominant back end. But the Braves also have a dominant back end. But some of their younger guys that they pitch in the middle, if their starter can't eat innings at the beginning, the Braves can get shelled by their bullpen. It's going to be bad. What's so crazy about this World Series is the teams that have the big aces are not in it. Right. This is more of a a real offensive World Series where it's not one dominant pitcher on each team or with one team that has a couple of dominant pitchers. Right. I mean, and and you said it, like, there's no big dominant starting pitchers. Mm -hmm. And you say, I mean, the Astros had the best lineup in baseball. Yeah. Most runs per game, highest average, mm-hmm. highest OPS, like all the stats favor the Astros. But the Braves are like, where did they come from? It's it's one of those beautiful baseball stories that yeah. the team that gets hot yeah. in October can do anything. Well, you know, the Braves, they made all those moves, man. They they picked up they kind of pieced their way to the World Series. Picked they up a whole new outfield, remember yeah, that? Exactly. Jock Peterson and the other guys? And, and don't, don't remind me, man. And one of, went don't down. remind me. Don't remind me of Jock Peterson. <laughs> you, 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 miss him, you miss him in Jocktober? Oh, my gosh. You yes. wish he was in, uh, in the blue for Jocktober? Yes, man. He should have been with us. Uh, uh, 
one of the OG friends of the show, friend in real life, Dylan, is a huge Braves fan. Shout out to Dylan. And, you know, we had this talk midseason mm-hmm. after uh, Soroka and Acuna went down. Yeah. And, like, the, the common consensus was, like, hey, sell all these guys, you know, retool next offseason, come back better next year. Mm-hmm. But the Braves were like, no. No. We can do this. We can put this together. And, That's exactly you know, what they did. credit their front office because they did a perfect job. They traded for Eddie Rosario while he was hurt. Yeah. He couldn't. They traded for him, and he couldn't play for a month. Look, look at that foresight. Like that's all right. Crazy. Once he gets better, he's gonna kill it. And it's exactly. And he's, oh, I don't even like you saying his name right now. Like, <laughs> <laughs> that dude was on fire. Oh my goodness. And then Solar starts the the series, the World Series, with a leadoff home run, three pitches in, and Rosario was the guy who had been doing it in a leadoff position all year for Atlanta. Yeah, another genius move. Unreal. Solaire was hitting under 200 in Kansas City, Mm -hmm. goes to Atlanta, and he's hitting 270 with all that power. That's insane. Yeah. All right, more World Series talk when we get back. You're listening to ABQ Central on 95.9 FM and AM 610, the sports animal. Traffic this afternoon, we've got that crash southbound tramway at Comanche that is affecting your right lane. Be careful going through there. Northbound I-25 slowdowns uh, this afternoon uh, starting around Gibson uh, till about lead cold and things start to open back up. Southbound 25, Osuna to Montgomery, a slow go this afternoon. I-40 moving pretty well at the moment in both directions. If you see an accident, call the traffic tracker hotline at 767-9167. Brought to you by American Home Furniture and Mattress. Visit any of their stores today or shop online at AmericanHome.com. I'm Michael Carlisle from the 96.3 News Radio KKOB Traffic Center. Telling it like it is. The Chargers have absolute, he's only got 20 NFL starts. And the Chargers implicitly trust Justin Herbert with the keys to the family Mercedes at any point. That is a great player. Fourth and seven, no issues. Go for it. On the road, at home, they don't care. The Herd with Colin Cowherd. Weekdays at 1 on 95.9 FM and AM 610. The Sports Animal. This is a Broncos Radio Network update. Touchdown, Denver! How about that? I like that! Broncos insider Brandon Kerstall, linebacker Von Miller, met the media before Thursday's practice to give an update on his injured ankle. I mean, in my mind, like, you know, I want to play. I want to play, you know, every single game. You know, the way I'm feeling today, if I can keep making these type of uh, improvements, you know, I I feel really good about my chances. But ultimately, ultimately, it's not really up to me. Although Miller, along with nose tackle Mike Purcell, were both held out for a third straight day, here was Vic Fangio's answer to the question, does Von have to practice in order to play this week? Yeah, well, we still have Friday's practice, too. And, you know, Vaughn's been, you know, a veteran player, so you feel a little bit more comfortable playing him with limited practice. So, I mean, we'll see how it goes. It's more come down to him physically. Wide receiver Jerry Judy, who hasn't played since injuring his ankle week one, met the media and said he's excited to get back on the field Sunday when the Broncos host Washington. Keeping drunk drivers off the road on Halloween is a real trick. So an Uber ride home is my treat. I'm Ron Bell. My law firm, Ron Bell Injury Lawyers, and this station is sponsoring a $10 code promotion to get you home Halloween weekend safe and sound. Don't drink and drive on Halloween. Protect our children. They're in the streets. Enter the code HALLOW. 
2021 on your Uber app, and we'll pay $10 towards your ride home. The offer is good for the first 1,000 people who use the code between Friday, October 29th at noon and Monday, November 1st at 3 a.m. Don't drive drunk on Halloween or anytime. Take a ride on us. Halloween weekend. We'll help you get home. Together, we'll end DWI. When some people peek under the hood, their first thought is... What's all this? You may as well be asking them to translate hieroglyphics in the Valley of Kings. If, on the other hand, you know automotive inside and out, from starter to tailpipe, good news. We're not looking for translators, but we need great mechanics like you. If you have five years' experience working service phase, Leonard Tire and Automotive Repair is hiring. Simply email your resume with contact info to leonardtire at aol.com. Leonard Tire and Automotive Repair has the career you are looking for. No one wants legal problems. The law office of Rudy Chavez knows and understands this, but legal problems happen when you least expect them, and they only get worse if you ignore them. For more than 40 years, Rudy has represented New Mexicans with all kinds of legal problems. Hurt in a car accident? You get personal representation from Rudy, not some associate who you don't know. Your legal problems will not go away unless you have experienced legal representation. Go to RudyChavezLaw.com or call 242-5500 today and make your legal problems go away. Experts say breakfast is the most important meal of the day. At Blake's, it's not only important, it's delicious. Blake's gives you a choice of seven different breakfast burritos that are almost a pound of goodness right in your hand. Or try the Blake's breakfast sandwich with your choice of sausage or bacon. And of course, you'll need a cup of Blake's great new coffee. You know, the coffee people are raving about it. Head to Blake's Lotta Burger this morning, tomorrow, or every morning. Your tummy and taste buds will thank you. Breakfast served until 11 a.m. If your family depends on your income and something happened to you, what would happen to them? You need life insurance, and SelectQuote can help you get it at a price you can afford. SelectQuote found Jacob, 40, who's in excellent health, a 10-year, $500,000 policy for only $19 a month. Not in perfect health? Don't worry. SelectQuote found Tanya, 40, who has type 2 diabetes, a 10-year, $500,000 policy for only $32 a month. We shop companies like Protective, Prudential, American General, and others to find you the company with the best rates. Give your family the security they need at a price you can afford. For your free quote, call 1-800-663-2211. That's 1-800-663-2211. Or go to selectquote.com. That's 1-800-663-2211. SelectQuote. We shop, you save. Get full details on the example policies at selectquote.com slash commercials. Your premium could vary depending on your health, issuing company, and other factors. Not available in all states. Don't just friggin' sit there. Get in the game right now at 246-0610. 888-922-0610. Brought to you by Guan's Auto Care Collision and Repair. 95.9 FM and AM 610. The Sports Animal. I think when you, you have the batting champ bat in seventh, that, that definitely, uh, you know, makes your lineup pretty deep. Um, you know, it'll definitely be a little different in playing in the National League ballpark, so uh, I think we can we can use that to our advantage, but... Um, yeah, they, they, they have a ton of names, and um, you know, they keep coming at you, that's for sure. Braves pitcher Ian Anderson talking about the dangerous Houston Astros lineup. Highest in the league in runs, highest in the league in average, highest in the league in OPS, highest in the league Jeez. in a history of cheating. 
<laughs> Welcome back to ABQ Central on 95.9 FM and AM 610. And don't forget, just recently, the last game, their seven, eight, nine hitters all got RBIs. That doesn't happen too much. Oh, the bottom of the order. Come on now. Their catcher, Machete, is just a hole in the lineup. <laughs> he was he was like one for 26 before he got that RBI. Mm-hmm. It's pathetic. But, yeah, everyone else in the lineup, besides Martin Maldonado, El Machete, as we call him in, in the Astros fandom world, is just dangerous, absolutely dangerous. They're all vets of the postseason. That's the scary part. But they've been there. They, they, don't, they don't get nervous. Nothing's too big. It's another game. Just another game. Another game. Oh, man. So Ian Anderson has some very high points throughout this season and last season. He is a young guy, and if someone is going to hear the footsteps, if someone's going to be nervous, it's a very young man like Ian Anderson who has who has the skill set. He's got the stuff to throw a gym in a playoff game at home. But like, and he brought it up on his own. Like, did did somebody ask him, "Hey, are you super scared of the Astros?" No, he brought it up on his own. He's like, it's yeah. going to be a tough lineup. It's going to be a gauntlet to go through. Well, what, in Houston's starting a rookie pitcher as well, right? Uh, it's second year, but technically with the COVID year, he's a rookie. Okay. Yeah. All right. So they're, they're both. Oh, they this... both started last year, and this will be their. So so basically the game's going to be 22 to 23? It sounds like <laughs> it, right? <laughs> going to have a football score and win by safety. And the Braves, like we were talking about last segment, the Braves are at home, and Atlanta's an actual home field advantage. But, I mean, the Astros lineup doesn't scare. If the Houston Astros pitching staff pitches well, I see a very big uphill battle for the Braves, even at home. Starting pitching has been the problem for the Astros, and I think their middle relief and their bullpen, if they get there, they can. I, I think they can hold off Atlanta. Atlanta's scoring a lot of runs in bunches because they're coming back on a, on rallies. You saw that in the Dodgers series where they mm-hmm. kept coming back in the late innings. But Houston's really good at they can put up runs right away. That's scary. And I'm obviously an Astros homer. Everyone knows that already. And if you don't know that, I was born and raised right outside of Houston, Texas. Went to tons of games when I was a kid. But I love this Braves story. I love one of the best players in baseball getting hurt. Right. I love their cleanup hitter getting hurt. Their number one ace pitcher getting hurt. And instead of throwing in the towel, they retool. They replace, they completely replace every single outfield position. The Braves didn't have a winning record until August 15th. And then they went on this hot streak and just demolished the NL East. Upset what I thought was a better team in Vital's Milwaukee Brewers. Yes. Oh, don't bring that up. It brings a lot of pain to my heart. <laughs> hey, the Packers oh, won last night. I'm, yeah, I'm that's next. all that matters. I'm, I'm next, though. I'm the, next. <laughs> the, the Braves upset, which I thought was a better team. I picked the Brewers to beat the Braves, and then they beat the winner of the Giants-Dodgers series. Yeah. Both won 106 and 107 games during yeah. the regular season, respectively. Got through the Dodgers. So if I wasn't an Astros fan, mm-hmm. I would be rooting for the Braves because this is an awesome postseason yeah. story. Yeah, it really is. It you is. got your best player on the bench cheering for your team. You have your best pitcher on the bench cheering the, for the your team. The reigning MVP is struggling. Freddie Freeman, he's struggled throughout the postseason as well as the, during the season. Well, that's the scary part because every time I see them play, I'm like, okay, this is the game. Freeman's going to break out and be Freeman. You could do it anytime. It's like, nope, it never happens. But you, like you said, 
it, it could happen. We have some games to go, so we'll see. And what every team's been doing, like he gets his knocks. Like he's super dangerous with people on base. Yes, there we he's, go. He's yeah, not a he's, he's not a straight pull hitter. He can hit the ball to any park. He can get grounders through the hole. He can handle he can move a bat. Runners. Yeah, he can move runners. He does anything with the bat that a, a professional hitter can do. But every pitcher pitches around Freddie Freeman. Oh yeah, oh, his, yeah. his average might be low. But his on-base percentage is high. Mm-hmm. He keeps getting on base every game because no one throws him hittable strikes. Right. And that's what I would do, too. If I was Dusty Baker, I was like, go after every single person in this lineup except for Freddie Freeman. Can't let him beat us. Yeah. Exactly. Let the super hot Eddie Rosario beat us. Let the position, let the platoon player Jock Peterson beat us. Let let one of these guys. Man, let those the, two names are giving me PTSD, man. <laughs> oh, I have these headphones on. It's like in surround sound too. So, ah, oh, man. The thing with Atlanta, what's been what got them there? What uh, Vance said earlier the season when they made that late season run, it's been pitching and defense. And now you're seeing them when they combine that, especially in the Dodger series. Sorry about that, Robert. <laughs> you're seeing with the pitching and the defense and the clutch hitting, yeah. they're, they're, they're tough to beat. They really are. You don't see that on paper. I actually think for the rest of the way, it's going to be about the bullpens. I don't, I don't yeah, even think the point. starters. 100%. The starters don't even matter. It's, it's whose bullpen can get them to the finish line. Because if, to be honest, if you look at the innings that's being pitched, the bullpen pitches way more innings than the starters. Yeah, so it's, it's especially about, in the playoffs. Oh, yeah, it's uh, about who you're bringing in that can sustain any type of stability and get them to the, to the finish line. And I, I would be remiss not to throw a big shout-out to Charlie Morton right now, who was with the Astros in 17 yeah. when they took it. Like, taking that... 104 mile an hour grounder off mm. the leg, mm. going back to the dugout. Man, they they gave him an X-ray in between innings, and they said, "Okay, there's no fracture. You can go out there and go pitch." Back out there, and he threw 16 more pitches on a broken leg. That's one crazy. tough guy. That is insane. That is crazy. Fractured it wasn't it wasn't fractured five minutes before, but he goes out and pitches again and gives it a stress fracture in the exact same spot. Man, like. It does not get tougher than that. And, you know, kudos to Charlie Morton, but unfortunately he's not going to be able to pitch for the Braves he's out of for there. the rest of the series. He's out of there. And but that gives them another story, storyline on top of what they already have yep. to rally everyone together. Let's do it for Charlie. Like, it's that's crazy. Let's do it for Acuna. Like, yeah. how many people are we going to do this for? Yeah, how many how many Gippers? <laughs> yeah, how, many, how many Gippers you yeah, got, man? Like, come on, man. <laughs> Dropping so, people like flies just just for the sake of it. <laughs> so instead of the Braves having for sure one bullpen game, mm-hmm. games three, four, or five, whatever the manager chooses, you're going to have to have two, yep. maybe three in a row. Because mm-hmm. you're only coming that, in with three pitchers. That's the only that way they trust. can do it. That's the only way they can do it. So it makes it even, I mean, more and more storylines coming out. And I love it so much. When we come back, another Dodger fan, you can have a, you, can, you guys can cry together. We're all over the place. <laughs> My gosh. Local legend, another local legend, chock full of them today. Star TV and radio, KOB TV's very own Brandon Ortega when we get back. You're listening to ABQ Central on 95.9 FM and AM 610 D, Sports Animal. Talking baseball. You're listening to ABQ Central on 95.9 FM and AM 610 D. Sports Animal. Albuquerque, I promise we will talk about the Cowboys. All right? Do we have to? The text line is on fire <laughs> with Dak Prescott. I do not know Dak Prescott personally, 
I do not know if he's going to play or not. I have I have a little bit of speculation, but mm. I do not know for sure if Dak is going to play mm. again. That would be an interesting conversation. On the Quan's Auto Care Hotline right now, we have friend of the show, friend in real life, star of TV and radio, back to back to back, New Mexico Sports Caster of the Year. Uh-oh. K- KOB TV's very own Brandon Ortega. Welcome to the show, brother. What's up, my dudes? How we doing? Peachy. Good, good. We got a, I don't know if I told you, but we got a Fredless Friday, but in his stead, we have Robert Buck D. Gibson in here with us. All right. What's up, Rob? What's going on, Brandon? Nothing much. Just getting ready for another uh, Friday night in New Mexico. A lot of high school football happening tonight. We got some uh, playoff soccer on the high school level and, uh, and a whole bunch of Lobos on the show tonight. So we were talking Lobos. We got, we got a, a special Lobos day here. So we got the whole Lobos booth on the show. We had Rob Portnoy at 430. We got Dontrell mm-hmm. Moore at 630. So, and now we got you. What are your thoughts on the Lobos victory in Wyoming and Laramie? Is this sustainable? I mean, it was a solid win, especially going into the bye week and then having UNLV the next week after. I mean, if there was ever a time to to snap that streak, it it was against Wyoming. And, I mean, look, Wyoming's defense looked really good against Fresno State, but the offense was, was something that I felt pretty confident the Lobos could play well against and then they sure did the defense has honestly been pretty solid most of the season maybe only one two games excuse me have gotten away from them but uh, defense was really really good and you just needed someone to come in a quarterback and manage the game and that's exactly what Isaiah Chavez did and then some and yeah there's there's a lot to be encouraged by at least the way they schematically approach the game on offense they change the playbook with a lot more running and a lot more triple options so whether it's terry wilson or isaiah chavez against unlv i think they have a more formidable game plan to go for so what really pushes the meter in albuquerque is lobo basketball we got the season fastly approaching what's going on with the lobos going right now yeah you know (laughs) richard patino says it every time we talk to him he's like hey i I'm doing great because I haven't lost a game yet. And, you know, until we get them on the floor, you know, playing a real game, we're not going to know for sure. But uh, there's a lot of fresh faces. There's a, a lot of talent, undoubtedly, on this roster from Jamal Mashford Jr., Jalen House. They've got more bigs on this team than I think they've had maybe in, in the last decade or so from your, your freshman, uh, Sebastian Forsling from Sweden, uh, Jeff, Jethro Mosquito. Mescadine, uh, there, there's so many, uh, there's so much potential on this team. Can they put together a season that that Lobo basketball fans want to see? That that you know remains to be seen. But I mean, there's definitely talent on there, no doubt about it. So, what little I've seen, Jamal Mashburn Jr., obviously a big name, obviously a very big get for the Lobos. He passes the eye test to me. What are you seeing out of this kid? Yeah, I mean, I see someone that wants to be a star. You know, I see someone that doesn't shy away from anything, whether it be media, whether it be responsibility on the team. Um, Yeah, he's got star potential. And, you know, that's without even mentioning a son of an NBA all-star in Jamal Mashburn, who I I got to watch a lot 
uh, over the you know the last 10, 15 years of my high school and college and middle school years. Uh, yeah, the, the kid got all kinds of talent, like so many players on this team. But the question is, can he rise to the occasion in Albuquerque? He, his role in Minnesota was up and down. He, he came off the bench. He started a little bit. I think he's going to start right away for the Lobos, so we'll see what he's got right away. Uh, a lot of big transfers, a lot of people come in, but there's three New Mexico boys. Are these guys going to have an impact on the roster, on, on the court? Are they, they, they bench warmers? They're going to help out the team? They, they there just to have some New Mexico map guys? What's going on here? Well, the walk-ons that you have, Jordan Arroyo and Clay Patterson, and, yeah, they, they, they've been guys on the bench for the most part. Jordan, a couple of years ago, saw some more action when the Lobos were riddled with injuries and riddled with off-the-court off issues, and he got called to action a, a little bit. Um, yeah, th- those two, though, you know, they're guys on, in practice that are pushing players uh, every single practice, and it, they've got insane talent, too, but I would say the talent pool that they brought in is stronger, and so can they get on the floor? Probably not, but they're going to have – a very big role on the team. It's just not going to be a role that you're going to see on the floor during games all that much. So, Brandon, I got a I got a quick question, and it's about the big names that we've talked about. So, we have a coach with the name of Patino. We have a Mashburn, who who's a new player that's coming in. If we get off to a good start, do you think that will really boost the attendance just because of the big names and having a fast start with the with the Lobos? Yeah, without a doubt, and I think right off the bat coming off a of COVID season, coming off a season where they didn't get to play a single home game, that alone, I feel like it's going to draw people in. People are going to be hungry to watch some mobile basketball right away. But like you said, if the wins start happening from the get-go, it's, it's only going to make it bigger and bigger as far as the crowds at the pit. So, yeah, you got to win those first few games against those smaller schools. And then when schools like SMU come in who, you know, potentially – could make a run at the NCAA tournament this year. Schools like that, when they come to the pit and these games are going like the Las Vegas Invitational against UAB, um, yeah, if you win early, <laughs> excuse me, I don't like a bit of an acid reflex here, if you guys can't tell. Sorry. Sorry about uh, that, buddy. Sorry to hear yeah, that. Yeah, edge of a cough, almost done with it. Um, yeah, but like Rob said, you got to win those early games to get the pit rocking, and that's exactly what Richard Pertino hopes to do. So is it kickoff already for the game of the year, Rio Rancho versus Cleveland, number one versus number two? Six o'clock. Yeah, we're almost there. Minutes away. Just over 20 minutes away. One and two in the state. Who's one? Who's two? I have a hard time deciding that myself, but I think tonight is the night you get the answer. Who's going to be number one heading into the playoffs? Whoever wins tonight will be the one seed in 6A. It's blockbuster football when it comes to the state of New Mexico. Two teams that have the most D1 prospects, two teams that have just been steamrolling just about every single team they've played. I mean, honestly, each team's had about one competitive game all season long, and and Cleveland's most competitive game was when they played the El El Paso school to start the season. So, yeah, I cannot wait to watch this game. I unfortunately can't see it in person, I'm going to have to watch it on the live stream like a lot of other people because I'll be keeping track of the rest of the state. 
uh, with high school football and high school soccer going on. And we just got so much to talk about on New Mexico game day tonight at 1030 on KOB. I cannot wait. Uh, but Cleveland Rio Rancho is definitely the main event of the night. So what other good teams can compete? Because it seems to me like Cleveland, Rio Rancho, whichever way you want to stack them, one and two, there's a gap, right? This is tier one, these two teams. Who leads the pack after these two? Yeah, and that's a great question because tier two would be schools like La Cueva, Volcano Vista, Cibola. Those are the first three that come to mind for me. And most, most of those three have played either one or both. Cleveland and Rio Rancho, and none of them really put up a fight. And a school like Cueva played Rio Rancho really early on in the season, and and they've really turned things around, gotten things rocking with the Bears. So, you know, it's one of those things. You play a school, you know, eight weeks prior, you play them one way. A lot, a lot of times can go by, and you have a completely different squad. So Cueva is certainly a team that's in tier two that could get themselves up to tier one, tier one with the talent that they have. But yeah, like you said, there's a gap. Rio Rancho and Cleveland are in that tier one tier two schools are really trying to catch up. So you don't know this, but sitting right across from me is another melancholic, (laughs) super emo Dodger fan. Do you guys want to have a little shoulder to cry on moment real quick? And then I'll step away. I'm going to need, hey, you know, <laughs> I'm going to need both of your shoulders, Brandon. I'm still not over this. I, I, I feel, I feel okay about it, Robin. I'll tell you why, because the Braves are an awesome team. It's not like you lost to a team and you played like poop all series long. The Dodgers really only had maybe one bad game and the rest were super close. Mm-hmm. And if the Braves end up going on to win, the Dodgers would have lost to four of the last World Series champs because they won last year, and three years prior, you lost to the Nationals, Red Sox, and Astros, who were all World Series champs. So, look, I would love for them to win the World Series every single year. It just wasn't in the cards this year. So I'm a lot more at peace with it, and it sounds like you are, Rob. (laughs) Well, when you put it in that perspective, it eases me a little, but a, a lot of people don't understand. The Dodgers, we had a lot of stuff going on during the season. You know, we have injuries, Muncie, Kershaw, then, you know, the legal issues with other pitchers. Uh, so it was a lot of stuff that we had going surrounding us. So for us to get that far in the middle of all of that. Right. I, yeah, I, pitching, I can say, yeah. The pitching was the biggest one, Rob, for sure. Yeah. I mean, Trevor Bauer, yeah. Uh, you know, being suspended, Mm -hmm. uh, Kershaw at the end of the year going out. But someone that is easy to forget was Dustin May very early on in the season. If you would have had an arm like that Mm -hmm. to go along with the arms they had, just having that one extra arm probably could have made a huge difference for the Dodgers because that's where they really got tired. I mean, their starting pitchers were were just gassed at the end of the year, and the Braves looked a lot more fresh. And, uh, yeah, and now the Braves are in great position with – you know, 1-1 one, one with the Astros. And I'd love to bring up before you guys let me go that I have defeated Fred in both bet, in both wagers we've made, both with the Dodgers knocking out the Cardinals. And then in game two, he was ready to bet his life savings on the Braves going up 2-0. And I said, no way. Astros offense is going to wake up. And sure enough, the Astros offense woke up. And now we've got ourselves a series. Star TV and radio. You're 
favorite sportscaster, Brandon Ortega. Preview your show tonight before we let you go. Yeah, a lot of things we talked about. We're going to have Lobo basketball. Jamal Mashburn and Jalen House are on the show tonight. New Mexico United gearing up for a postseason on-the-line match at the lab Saturday. Lobo cross-country, the women's team is the number one ranked team in all of the United States and all of the NCAA. They went one through seven at today's Mountain West Championships. That's never been done in the history of Mountain West cross-country. They're amazing. They're on the show tonight. Las Lunas football is going to be the special guest on New Mexico game day at 1030. Every week we go to a different school and, and, and visit each campus and each program. So we've had a lot of fun with that on New Mexico game day. It's going to be a great show. Starts at 6 o'clock with the first one and 10 o'clock and then 1030 New Mexico game day, beginning with Rio Rancho and Cleveland, uh, the battle for number one in New Mexico high school football. It's going to be a great night. You heard it there, Albuquerque, star of TV and radio, KOB TV's very own Brandon Ortega. You are such a good friend to us. We love you so much. Have a great night, my dude. Love you guys. Have a great Friday and a great Halloween weekend. When we come back from ABQ Central, we're talking Tomahawk Chop. <laughs> You're listening to 95.9 FM and AM 610, the sports animal. Welcome back, Duke City. You're listening to ABQ Central on 95.9 FM and AM 610, the sports animal. It is a Fredless Friday, but luckily we brought in the righty, <laughs> our ace reliever, flamethrower, Robert Buck D. Gibson. <laughs> Welcome back to the program, my friend. Man, this is this is so fun, man. I'm getting a lot of texts. They're like, you sound like a natural. I was like, you've never heard me on sports radio. What are you talking yeah. about? How do you know that? <laughs> I've done radio before. Yeah. Now I do sports radio. Yeah, this is fun. Of course I could do it. Oh, oh, oh man. Oh, 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 man. Yikes. Oh, man. So oh, now that man. the Braves are in the World Series, yes, and now that everyone needs to bubble wrap their lives, mm-hmm. yeah, the tomahawk chop, hmm. the racist chants of the tomahawk chops are hmm. coming back. Hmm. The Washington football team, yeah, they dropped it. Yeah, they put I, the I pressure. I can't believe they haven't done away with it that in Kansas City either. The Cleveland Guardians, they've dropped it. Oh man, the Kansas City Chiefs are still in the mix. The Atlanta Braves are still in the mix. Mm-hmm. And then a bunch of college teams. Oh, yeah, yeah. But the Tomahawk Chop, is it racist? Man, that's a, that's a, that's a good question. Um, in this day and time, I'm going to have to say it is. I'm not going to say the actual chop is. It's the verbal Part of it. What I just <laughs> like, did. Yeah, what you just did. When it's you don't, that part that's like, come on now. When you're not in the stands and you're not seeing a bunch <laughs> yeah. of people do it at the same time, yeah. Yeah. that's insanely yeah. racist. Like, why, why, why? Did you did you see that that lady? I forget where she was from. That teacher. Oh my she gosh! Was, she was dancing around, like doing like a cartoon version. It was a of, math class at that. Like what? She wasn't teaching. What? Any, Why? Any type of history? Why? She had on the 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 fake feather headdress. So bad. And was just hopping around. Yeah, yeah. Uh, if you walk up to a, a Native American, and as you know, in Albuquerque, we have many different Native cultures oh, yeah. wrapped around Albuquerque in yeah. and around and all the areas. If you just walk up to him and be like, 
Tomahawk Chalk, bro, am I yeah. right? Go Braves. Yeah. They're like, what are you talking about? Well, they, they that probably That has nothing won't... to do with my culture whatsoever. Oh, well, if you if you get the right one, they're not going to say much. No. You'll be waking up trying to figure out yeah. what happened. <laughs> officer, he Tomahawk shot me. <laughs> and the officer's going to be like, well, that was also racist. Well, and, and a lot of people are going to say you have the other ta- uh, part of this conversation. This cancel culture is going too far and all of this, and people are sensitive. Hey, once that once that can was opened and you start making changes for one, you got to go across the board. Sure. Everyone has to be treated the same equally. So if you're going to be offending people and they tell you it's offensive and you're like, nah, what are you talking about? Yeah. This is our tradition. And you're like, your tradition is based off of ours making a caricature of ours. So, so, so you got, all right, Indians, Chiefs, mm-hmm. Braves, right. Redskins, you know, those are the four big ones, right? Right, right. So you got to balance it out. Mm-hmm. You got to do, like, the Orange County Honkies. <laughs> and then you got, uh, like, hey, the, Miss, the, the Mississippi Crackers. Yeah, yeah, the Crackers. You yeah, got the, yeah. the Cleveland Karens. Yeah. And then uh, you just balance it out. Yeah, but That's not going to work. It's not going to work. Because that protest is going to be way louder what? and way more efficient. Gonna and it's going to get shut down before it it's starts. shut down the league. Yeah. But I got, I got a little piece for you. What people, uh, and I know we have a lot of Cowboys fans watching. I mean, listening. I'm sorry. Uh, uh, I love those team names, though. I'm, I'm, I might use those in some of my, in some of my stand. Please do. Uh, did uh. P- people don't know the Cowboys is actually an offensive moniker as well because the first Cowboys were black men, and the the white Cowboys were called cow hands. And the black ones were called cowboys. Yeah, so it had a, a negative connotation. Yeah. Well, people uh-huh. don't know that because Hollywood changed to the, the cowboys were like Clint Eastwood and John Wayne and all yeah. that stuff. But it really were was uh, black men. And that's why they're called cowboys uh-huh. instead of cow hands. That makes so, a ton of sense. So. Like, oh, we can't say boy so, anymore? Yeah. We put cow in front of it? Yeah. Oh, people, people won't think we're racist. We put cow in front there of it. There we go. Okay. There we go. So it's a lot of things. But but that, come on, man. If we've already changed uh, Redskins to Washington football team, and then, you know, now it's different. I remember being a kid in the 90s Braves. They were always in the playoffs, you know, back in the day. They had uh, Sid yeah. Ream, Dave Justice. Sure. Uh, Pendleton, all of those guys. And you didn't think anything of it, no, because at the time, at the time of the, the weather of the of the narrative then wasn't about okay, yeah. we're being offensive. But now, since it's changed, we got to change with the times. That's what I say. Yeah, I mean, and I was an impressionable young man, right? Those uh, during those uh, that that era of baseball and Braves baseball, mm-hmm. and you kind of get indoctrinated to it, right? right. And, and my angle is, if you start a team right now, mm-hmm. and you say, <laughs> hey. Let's call this new expansion team the Atlanta Braves, mm-hmm. and then when we, whenever we're in a rally, we're gonna move our hands like this, yeah. and we're gonna go, oh, uh, uh, like no, yeah, you can't do that, yeah. But just because it's been going on forever, people are like, well, it's well, tradition. It's our tradition. It's tradition. Is okay. it really? A lot of things were tradition, Is and it? then we changed our ways. Yeah, <laughs> Gr- grow up. One more hour, ABQ Central left. 6.30, we got Lobo legend Dontrell Moore joining us. Come back, 95.9 FM and AM 610, the sports animal. Welcome back to ABQ Central on 95.9 FM and AM 610, the sports animal. 
two hours in the books, Buck D. Yeah. How you feeling? I'm feeling great, man. I can do another two hours. You need a coffee or something? You no, need... no, I'm naturally good. I you don't... need some more carrots? Uh, no. Carrots N- and grapes here not, for you? No, unless you want me to, like, wilt away. like. <laughs> <laughs> you need something a little more calorically, yeah. don't calorically forget it. dense? Don't forget, Buck, if you need water, you got to pay this next time the tip. <laughs> what, the hell? what? Are you a concierge now, too? <laughs> Vital. You squeeze a dollar out you of that. No, I'm or... just kidding. I'm just kidding. I don't know, man. He told me he was he Italian, is... so I'm going to pay him, bro. I'm not going <laughs> to play with I'm not playing any games with him, hey, man. That's what that mafia talk was in between segments. It's I know, like, yeah. You yeah, family's in the mafia. Yeah. Also pay up for the water. You give me a boost, I'll give you a boost. Yeah, see? <laughs> You like your new boots? <laughs> Cement boots. Cement boots. The Paul brothers are back. Is this a story? It's always a story with them. Always, man. They know how to market. They're, they're geniuses, especially in today's time. Jake Paul to fight fellow undefeated boxer Tommy Fury, which is like a step cousin or step nephew of Tyson Fury, like not a direct relative or something. Let me find out for sure. But, yeah, Tommy Fury agreed to fight Jake Paul on December 18th in Tampa. So that's how much it pushes the meter. But obviously this is all over the news today. Right. Jake Paul's back. Um, Logan Paul allegedly is going to fight Mike Tyson. Oh, my goodness. There hasn't been an official announcement or date set, but apparently they have a handshake deal in place. That would be fun to watch. Paul hitting the canvas. That's if they actually go at it. So nice these are rigged, the right? They have to be. These are rigged. It was, you know, did you watch Tyson um, against Roy Jones Jr.? Tyson was holding back. Yeah, Tyson was not Tyson that we know he could be. I'm a huge Roy Jones guy. Yeah. He had a, a good a peak as anybody in the history of boxing. Exactly. But Tyson would have demolished him in that Tyson, fight. Tyson's still is scary, man. Like, have you I, seen him? I've seen him train the training videos. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It was in my nightmares like two nights ago. <laughs> I think about that. These Paul brothers, though, they're growing on me. I, they I found, have to say, they found a niche, on. though, didn't they? they on did. the internet, man. Yeah. So I'll tell you the difference. I tell you where it ruins it for me when they try to take it in the professional boxing and actually fight boxers. Because Floyd Mayweather. The fix was in. Well, Floyd Mayweather would have beat him to a bloody pulp if he was really trying. Well, do you you realize that that's why they call that an exhibition? Exhibition. They didn't want to say that because if it was real. But they've all been exhibitions. Yeah, you're right. Exhibitions with judges. With judges. Like, and what? then they like they they put it on their records. Yeah. That's what I'm like, come on. If it's man. an exhibition, how do you claim this on your record? It's right. not a real fight. Right, right. Well, th- this last one with Woodley, he he... Woodley, Woodley was pissing me off the first few rounds, and then he got loose and started throwing punches against uh, Jake Paul. And I was like, finally. And he, he hit him. And now that lets you know if he fought someone for real, he wouldn't last. I think if, if, if the fix isn't in mm-hmm. and Tommy Fury actually gives it his all, because Tommy Fury was on Jake Paul's last undercard. Yeah, he was on the undercard. He was right. on the undercard, yeah. right? And he looked like a real boxer. Yeah. So if Tommy Fury, if the fix isn't in and he actually gives out full effort and is like a real boxer and Jake Paul can hang with a real boxer, after this one, I think it's time to start taking him seriously. 
You think but, so? But for now, it's a bit. Yeah, because look, he he fought Nate Robinson, slam dunk champion, yeah. uh, former UFC title contender, Ben Askren. Yeah. And then who else was the last one? Tyron Woodley. All wildly undersized. Undersized. Yeah. No boxing, training, none yeah. of that. So I'm with you on that. Now he is actually fighting a boxer. Yeah, I'm with you on and that. And if this isn't going to be staged, it's going to be like, let's just punch each other a little bit for three rounds and we'll act like it for one round and then well, we'll, we'll dance around and hug each other. I want him to beat Tommy Fury, though, because I want him to lose to someone I actually know and like. <laughs> like, like no no don't lose to Tommy Fury build it up and then fight someone that I know and like so they can just take your head off that's a good point I, I want it like that that's who I want it to be so you want him to beat Tommy Fury yeah and oh. then step it up against a better yeah. boxer yeah and then Tommy Fury was in on it the whole time there we go because the next guy up demolishes just him and embarrasses smokes him. him I think this might be the one you think like so? Tommy Fury is like an actual boxer, been training his whole life. Like he's like a real boxer. Well, the, the problem with that I have with Tommy Fury is he's not a name, right. so I don't think he's going to allow himself Jake Paul to lose to someone without a name. Because this is all stage. This is all about theater, keeping people interested. If he loses to a Tommy Fury right now, all the stuff that he that he's done just goes out the window. See, I don't, I don't think that's the case because, because he can make a big scene about it, do mm -hmm. something crazy on social media, you know, uh, whatever it may be, and he'll get the attention back on him. And that's true. He'll find another fight. And what I was getting at earlier is I really like celebrity boxing. Mm -hmm. I like it. But I don't like when they try to bring it yeah. into real boxing because yeah. you know these guys are taking it easy on Yeah, them. yeah. Like the layman might not know. Right. Like your date to the boxing house party mm -hmm. might not know. But anybody who knows boxing, yeah. like MMA, is like, he's obviously taking it easy on. Uh -huh. Like, it, it's it's no, you're not fooling anybody. So, um, is Tommy Fury, is he, I think he is undefeated, isn't he? Yeah, he's undefeated. Yeah, he's 7-0 and and in, in professional boxing. And he's the half-brother of Tyson Fury. So Tyson Fury, we know, is a bad, bad dude. Man, forget all this. Jake Paul against Tyson Fury. Let's make that happen. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's the fight I want to see. Tyson beat, up Fury. His little, beat up his little brother. Now oh. you got to go against the, the big brother. Oh, my God. That would be hilarious. Let's do that. Let's just, just make all the money. That, that wouldn't be fair whatsoever. Exactly. Again, That's how I want it to be. Again, unless the fix was in. They would have to do like a decathlon. <laughs> so, like, only one of them yeah. is boxing. Yeah. And then there's, like, a spelling bee and, like, <laughs> Who can make the best, the best gingerbread house? Uh, they can't put singing in it because I know Tyson Fury is going to win that. Oh, God. You see this guy, He's man? so entertaining. I love him, man. He, I love him. He went 10 rounds with Wilder and then went partying with Steve Aoki after with, that. With, He's with, a bad dude. With, with shirtless. He went shirtless. He was just like, I'm just going to put these pants on, go out, sing, drink, party. That's how you do it. So, okay, Jake Paul is going up against a real boxer. Tommy Fury. This will be an actual test. Logan Paul, allegedly, there's no official oh, time going up against Tyson. This has to happen. And you already saw Tyson take it easy on Roy Jones Jr. and pull some of his punches and kind of just like watch the clock, really. Right. And then also their friends. Him and him and Roy. Sure. They're friends. Sure. You didn't want to go out there and yeah. do nothing crazy. Hundred percent. But if Mike Tyson <laughs> doesn't hold back 
and just like mm. paralyzes this kid or yes. something. Yes. Like knocks his brain out of he, his ears. He needs to do this for Apollo, man. Apollo Creed lost his life for this fight. Oh my God, you're so right. <laughs> Ivan Drago you're killed so Apollo right. Creed. And now we have to get our get back right here. This is it, man. You're so 100% right. <laughs> this is it. Mike Tyson, make this happen. Um, and the thing about it is people are saying, oh, Tyson needs the money. It's not that. Right. Tyson just loves to fight. I got our varsity. Our varsity today, okay. the I-9 varsity, is people you would like to see beat up a celebrity. Ooh. So we do, if we got enough time, we'll do our top five. Got you. We'll do at least three. That, that who we would like to see beat up a celebrity. Correct. Oh, yeah. You this can is going to be good. You pick your fighter, you pick your celebrity. Do they have to be dead or alive? Uh, do whatever you want. Ooh, I got mine. Yeah. I got mine. You already got them? Yes, I All right. Do. Here we go. All right. <laughs> Fighters or historical figures, whatever. Who do you want to see get beat up? Today's I-9 Varsity. It's very kid-friendly, right? Yes, yes. I love that a Little League sponsors that segment. Oh, my gosh. Beating up <laughs> hypothetical situations. So let me make sure I got this right. So we're picking the people who we want to beat up the celebrities. Yes. Okay. They could be the same celebrity. Gotcha. They could be a different person. Each situation, each oh, yeah. bout, it's up to you. Okay. That's gotcha. what the Varsity is about. We okay. Have, we threw out the show. We pick out a topic. Yeah. And then at the last segment, we freestyle the I-9 Varsity. Have a little fun with it. Close out How about the show? beat up on politicians? That's what I like. See, oh, that's hey, that's look, open too. Look, look, that's you're, open you're, too. You're stealing my thunder here. Yeah, that was going to be one of mine right okay. there. Hey. Oh, sorry about that. That's okay. It's okay. We got Dontrell Moore coming up at six thirty. We're going to talk Lobos, and you know what? Whatever else he wants to talk about. I got a matter. I got a story for him. I got a lot of stories story? for him. It's going to be fun. I, be, I got a lot. If of... it's the story you told me yeah. during the break, I'm yeah. really excited to have him hear it. Yes. Yes. All right, more sports, more Buck D when we come back. You're listening to ABQ Central on 95.9 FM and AM 610, the sports animal. Welcome back to ABQ Central on 95.9 FM and AM 610, the sports animal. We got a Fredless Friday here on the program. It's just me, Van. You know, super producer Mike Vital on the other side of the glass. We got Albuquerque legend, local comedian, host of the Midday Mayhem on 101.3 The Hustle, Robert Buck D. Gibson with us. Yes, sir. You are a natural, man. Yes, sir. I love this. I love it. I tell I should not have Buck come on today. I'm glad you did. He sounds great. Just the, just the giant shade being thrown on me with <laughs> all of this talent. It's a natural can't hang and plus i don't want you to have to carry the load yourself man i know how it feels when you're in and you have guests and you're like okay i have to do my part and their part and a huge and majority of their, but yeah 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 i know how that feels i know i, I don't want to be dead weight here so tell us about 101.3 the hustle so okay um the first and only pure hip-hop station here in albuquerque started in june um, locally owned which is a great thing so it's a lot of hands-on things that we don't have to go to big corporations to play music. And one of the best things that I do love about it, it gives the local hip-hop scene an outlet that they've never had. And, and they love it. You know, So we're doing things like the Thursday Throwdown where they submit 
music, whoever wins it, they get their song put in the rotation. That was going to be huge. my next question. Which, like, is, that's, which is huge. That's so yeah. cool. I've never yeah. seen that before. Yeah. So we, we did the first one. Um, the first winner, his name was Eloquent James. He's actually from Santa Fe. So we're in the middle of the second one now. So like I said, man, that's a great thing for local artists. It gives them something else to strive for because in any industry, you want to have the backing of your local scene and to to be able to say, hey, my song is in rotation at the local hip-hop station is huge. So that's that's I love that part. I love it. And it's mostly it's mostly, if not all, old school hip hop. It's right? it's old, new. We still it's, it's a balance. Okay. Um, you know, with anything, people have their ideas how things should be done. Um, like I said, when it comes to hip hop, that's people's babies. They love hip hop. Sure. I'm one of them. You don't want it to be messed up or done wrong. Right. So the since like I said, it started in June. The honeymoon phase is over. Now it needs to transition into where okay, we've we've gained our footing. What are we doing now? And so. do do listeners have certain expectations with different shows and different hosts? Like oh yeah, you know you're gonna get more West Coast from this this host. You know you're gonna get more new stuff from this host. Well, with me, okay, I do the midday mayhem from noon to three. Uh, with me, they know they're gonna get a whole array of things they probably haven't heard in a while and put them up on the new things. Um, I'm a hip-hop head. I lived it. I love it. Breathe it. It's, it's second nature. You can see it when I walked in. So it's not something that's hard. Um, but um, I'll say this about Albuquerque. They're very passionate about their hip-hop as well. So, Sure, man. We, uh, we have like um, identity issues in Albuquerque because mm -hmm. we're not East Coast. We're not West Coast. We're not down South. We're not Midwest. Right. So we have like a hodgepodge. It's a, it's of a lot like, of transplants. Yeah, that's exactly. And a lot of transplants like bringing their taste mm -hmm. here. And that's a good thing because, you know, we have a lot of listeners. Um, to be honest, I know for a fact we have people who moved here from like New York, Jersey, Philly, Detroit. And then, like you said, down south, we have a, a huge Texas following people from California. So that is actually a good thing for the station. Because we know we could play pretty much anything, and people people are going to like it. And they bring different styles with them, with the the Washington D.C. scene, the go-go, oh, yep. the house that you mm -hmm. get more of in uh, Chicago area, and then the New York area, like a, lot, a little more of a, a R and B slash type yep. disco kind of stuff, right? Yeah, the the big thing now coming out of Chicago and actually New York too is drill. They're yeah. doing all of that drill stuff, and yeah. me, I'm 43 now, so. I have an 18-year-old who keeps me in the loop. So she texts me all the time. I'm like, yeah. keep me in the loop so I know. Because I can do the old stuff all day. I can dig back into that like it's nothing. It's this new stuff, man. You got you to gotta keep up, man. My, my teenage daughter turned me on to Megan before Megan blew up. You know, oh, my. Uh, see, this is what. Okay, my daughter put me on to Kodak Black. Okay. And I heard it, and I was like, y'all, this is it? And she's like, Dad, watch. And this was two years before he came out. And I was like, all right, I trust you. Because at that time, I was doing internet radio, and we would play whatever. And next thing you know, this dude blew up, and she knew it. It was a lot of there was a lot of uh, rap artists that she knew like that. So I just keep my ear to the street through my daughter. Is that See, I am so appreciative of my daughter's musical taste. Yeah. When she was little, like, she never went through, like, the pop boy band stuff. Oh, yeah, mine either. Yeah, it was yeah. all, you know, Jimmy and Miles Davis mm -hmm. and, like, classic rock and stuff. So she had, like, a really good palate. Yeah. for music when she was young yeah and like she's ahead of the curve as a teenager so i'm like okay what's new yeah feed feed your 40 year old father <laughs> give me what's what's hot what's new keep 
You know what I like? I love, well, I'm not going to say like. I love about my daughter. She can know a reference that the new school are using and say, ah, Buster Rhymes did that back in. And I'm like, yes. Yeah, that's, yes, that's I love good. it. Recycle. I love it. I'm like, oh, she was a different generation, right? Yeah, I, I brought her up correctly. That's well, how about the Atlanta scene? They got really good oh, hip hop for the last decade. Man, Atlanta's Atlanta. running. Atlanta. Oh. Atlanta's running it now. It's it's crazy because we're old enough to remember where the South was a laughing stock. It was all East Coast, New York, Outcast at the Source California. Awards. Yeah, it was yeah. it was an afterthought, yep. and now mm-hmm. to see Atlanta running the show. You have to go through Atlanta, really, or you have to bring one of their artists onto your album to make it pop. It's crazy. And I, was, I always tell younger people that I was like, y'all don't even understand. Atlanta's the New York and L.A. of our generation. Yep. Sure. Because sure. there was, you know, they had great talent, but nobody was really checking for it. Like no one that. knew. Yeah, yeah. Outcast, Outcast had to put them on a map, yep. and after that it was floodgates. Yep, yep, that's true. Like Spillage Village. You do Spillage Village. <laughs> yeah. Dude, they're so good. There's, and there's like 40 of them. Yeah. It's like, like, and they're all good. And like, it, they're all from Atlanta. It, it's like, like 40 Wu-Tang people in this group. Four. Yeah. That's really Wu Tang Times exactly. Four. Exactly. For real. And, and what was funny is it was the land of SOS band and Cameo way back in the day when I was in college. Look and see how it just migrate, not migrate, it just transformed into the hip hop hub that it is now. Yep. Um, the, the, another thing I want to say about Albuquerque, there's a lot of talent out here that I sure. that I have. Been, I've been going to shows and stuff, and I'm like, man, where are you from, Albuquerque? And it's like, what? Like, it, I love it. I, I love discovering new things here, um, or even the ones that's been established. And I love giving them that outlet there at 101.3 to hustle. We had a we had Def I on the show when his last album came out. He's about to blow. Let up. me about to yeah. let me tell you about this guy. So. When we first started, and I said the first artist that I want on my show was Defy. He's so talented. This guy, man. Insane. Oh, my goodness. It's the gym that we have here that a lot of people don't know about. It's criminal. That guy, he's in the Grammy nominations. Like, he's Grammy, he's Grammy nominated as a Native American artist, hip-hop artist. Yeah. And this guy's going back and forth. New York City, Arizona. He's been to Africa, like, and he and he represents the Southwest, not just Albuquerque or New Mexico, but the whole Southwest. That guy's he's great. I didn't know he was up here. That's that's awesome. Yeah, that's awesome, man. I'm a I'm a huge fan of Defy. Right, we're up against a break. We got Don Trail Moore coming next. Throw me a couple of your old school favorites and your new school favorites of hip hop. Yeah, old school. Oh man, Rakim. I'm 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 super old school. Oh, I uh, love them. Early early LL. Early eighties. Um, we were talking about our daughters earlier. <laughs> I now are you I talking? Hit her, I hit her with a lot of Rakim when she was younger. Yeah. And like every once in a while, I'll be like, you know, had the 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 giant bigger than my hand, mm-hmm. you know, iPod. Yeah. And I was like, okay, what do you want to hear? She's like, I want the microphone feed. Mike, oh, look at that. <laughs> yeah. Now, is that, is that, is, as that a uh, is that Eric B. and Rakim? Eric yeah. B. and Rakim. Yeah. There yeah. you go. Follow look, the leader. Look, look at Mikey V back there. Look at him throwing it out there. I, uh, bro, he, I like this, uh, man. Um, so some of the new school, man, I'm, you know, I'm uh, J. Cole, um, Kendrick. Love Kendrick. I, I gotta say Drake. A lot of people don't like Drake, but Not for me, you have to understand his importance to hip hop. He does a sure. lot of stuff under the radar, mm. and he does it for like the um, rap battle leagues and stuff like that. That's the stuff that I like about it. So. Okay, yeah, yeah. I'm a big you. You mentioned Atlanta. How big Atlanta blew up? Mm-hmm. You Killer Mike guy. Uh, what? Run the jewels, dude. Run the jewels, jam. Get out of here. That, like, hey. RTJ is, yes, yes. I could listen to it every day. Yeah. Killer Mike is so talented, man. 
He's a he's a modern day renaissance man. hundred percent. He has his hand in so many things and that has to do with the hip hop culture. He's he's dope, man. It, people don't give him his flowers as they should, but 100%. Killer Mike is the man. I mean, his flow was amazing back in his like down south Atlanta phase, like when yeah. he was up and coming with and, the Dungeon Family. Yeah, yeah. You, you you know he has to talk about a certain amount of things, mm -hmm. but he was just like sharpening his flow this whole right. time and then he gets right. on with lp oh. and those crazy beats yeah and like yeah. It, it was made just for him yeah like, so he really shines see now. that's the type of stuff i sneak on the station yeah i'm like ah, i just throw it in there uh, a lot of people don't know but they get educated i could talk hip-hop we should have talked hip-hop first segment all the way to here <laughs> but we have a sports radio show and now we have another inter sports interview coming up next Lobo legend Dontrell Moore coming up next. You're listening to ABQ Central on 95.9 FM and AM 610 D Sports Animal. DJ Mikey V hitting up with some gorillas coming through in the clutch. We're just talking to hip hop last segment. Here he comes with some gorillas, which is this hip hop adjacent. Yeah. Right? This yeah. show this show is sports adjacent. Sports. Gorillas are hip hop adjacent. Let me tell you something. Sports is hip hop. That's a part of the genre. Sure. Sports is hip-hop. A lot of artists that are in hip-hop would love to be athletes. That's you the thing, You see it all right? the time, yeah. Everyone says that. Yeah, and, and you a, see and athletes after... want to be hip-hop exactly. artists. Exactly. Yeah. Welcome back to ABQ Central on 95.9 FM and AM 610 The Sports Animal. On the Quan's Auto Care Hotline, we have Lobo Legend, recent inductee to the UNM Ring of Honor, Owner of how many is it, Dontrell? Sixty-seven Lobo records. How much? <laughs> how many is it? Carry the one. You know what I mean. One hundred and sixty-seven. <laughs> hey, welcome back to the show, Dontrell. Yo, thanks, man. Thanks for having me. How you guys doing tonight? Good, man. Good. So we haven't spoke since the day you're getting inducted into the Ring of Honor. Has that smile been wiped off your face yet? What does it take for that yeah. smile to go away? It's perma smile. It really is when you just kind of just kind of take it all in. What I've had the opportunity to do recently is just literally you do that, take it all in. And you know, thinking about 1894 was when the University of New Mexico started playing football, carried the one 120 something years, and there's only six. So, uh, yeah, we spoke that morning, uh, the morning before I was inducted, and um, the difference now is that it's there and I can see it and it's real. And the ceremonies have happened and the dust has kind of settled, and I'm even more just extremely. I can't even it's, it's cool it's like if it was if we just talked about you guys just talked about if there was like a hip-hop song you know what I mean I, I'd be starring in it you know and uh I don't know what I'd be rapping about but it'd be something <laughs> like punk it'd be pumped up you know so um yeah I, I feel like my 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 beat is a hip-hop song like I'm just I'm just excited all the time and I got this little you know extra step this little uh, uh. Uh, you know, in my step, and, you know. It's, and it's just cool. It really is. I don't. I don't this is the most anti-hip hop thing, but I pictured John Travolta when you said that. <laughs> I am so sorry. I am so no, sorry. John, just the way you said. Uh, uh, I just imagined yeah. John Travolta walking down the sidewalk. That's the least hip hop thing I've ever let's, done in my let's, life. Let's call it what it is. Let's call it what it is. John just Travolta swag. and whatever you were thinking, maybe Grease or something else. He was the man. I'm not there. I, he's, he's all hip hop. You yes, know, he, he wasn't, is hip -hop. he wasn't like a, he was, he's all hip hop. He had swag. He, he had, them hips, he had uh, hips. Yeah. Hips. He had flow. He had, you know, way he was dressed. Oh yeah. Like, tell him folks be like, yes, that's, that's, that's how it is. So. All right, Dontrell, I got a two parter for you after okay. the induction. 
to the Ring of Honor. What did you do to celebrate? And part two, what did we having bad service that night or something? I didn't get the text message. Was your phone going in and out? Like I don't remember the invite coming in. I, I just maybe it's really <laughs> is, well, it was, hey, is it T Mobile, Verizon? I don't know. What was it? You uh you know, I'm Verizon, but it, you know, I, oh, I let my is. people handle that. You know, Jay Z and Yante flew in and that kind of stuff. Uh, you know, it was God, that kind of it was that kind of yeah, you know, we called they, you know, helicoptered in, you know, <laughs> Chaco Canyon, you know, it was, yeah, it was, you know, you know, Hotel Chaco, it was, it was that kind of dig, Jessica nice. Alba, you know, stop, you know, those kind of things, you know, we had, uh, you know, dinner on the rooftop and, you know, just kind of enjoyed ourselves, you know, I don't drink, you know, but family and friends shared some wine and just relaxed, you know, it was, it was, um, it was a great evening to kind of settle things down. Um, I know in a few weeks, Roswell is, you know, wanting to do a, you know, city council thing and an assembly in, you know, my hometown. And, you know, they're going to have the sheriffs and do the whole thing, right, uh, you know, escort me in the city, kind of have like a uh, Don Trump Moore type day again. And so we'll see what happens. But it, the night after it was just a celebration at Chaco, and we, you know, had a good time. So, so Don Trail, this is Buck, man. And I'm not originally from Albuquerque, but this okay. is how I know you're a legend here. Let me tell you how I know. Um, I would go out. And I would get told, people would yell at me and say, D-Train. And I was like, <laughs> who is D-Train? And I'm going to tell you, I would be invited. I'd be taken to parties in Tanawan. I know you don't drink, but I've drank so much in your name. Uh, I've gotten free drinks. Guys have given me their girlfriends. And it's so crazy how I'm on the phone with you right now. And I, I told Van, I said, I have to tell him one of these stories. I went out, one of the first times I go out in Albuquerque, and these people were at the bar. It was three girls and a guy, and the guy was like, D-Train, and they were like, I don't, have you have you lived in Canada for a little bit? Me? Yeah. No, no, I, I had some CFL workouts and tryouts and stuff, and almost signed a couple teams and never ended up living there, but no, I'm so, not. So they were asking me about Canada, and they were like, how's Canada? And I was like, it's cold. A lot of white people, yeah. And they were like, you're coming back with us, D-Train. You were the man. And I, I went, and I spent the night, and I got up before they could wake up so they wouldn't look at me and tell that I was not you. So I just wanted to say thank you for being a, a Lobo legend because I have reaped a couple of the benefits myself. Here's, here's what's so crazy. It, you, you can't make that up. Like no. what you just said, you can't make that up, you know. So listen, from one brother to another, this is what I will say. If I'm eating, we all eat. Uh, hey, we hey, all eat. Hey, I like hey, that. Hey, it ain't no fun unless the homies come. <laughs> no <laughs> doubt. No doubt. That's funny, man. That is funny. That is funny. So, Dontrell, we yeah. had the other half of the wonderful Lobo football team, Rob Portnoy, the voice of the Lobos, the best in the biz on earlier, and we were talking Isaiah Chavez. I mean, has this kid earned the starting job? What else? What does he have to do? Yeah, you know, it's tough because here's the reality. When you think about what Isaiah did last year, you know, the Wyoming Fresno, you know, gets those two wins and he's out, gets the concussion and training camp out and comes back and orchestrates, you know, a, 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 a need, must need a win for the Lobos. Have lost five in a row. And then it's like we let, we let the kid start, the New Mexico kid, right, the one that everybody loves, he, you know, did a lot of amazing things, and I love the kid we speak. But the reality is you don't know. Like, as, as a coach, 
has he earned it? Absolutely. They've all earned the opportunity to, to, to buy for a starting position and, 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 and do what's best. But the coaches have to literally do what they feel is best week to week. And so, again, I, I love the way he plays. I, if I could teach somebody how to compete and to, and to get after it and to not be afraid of the moment, it's, it's Chavez. It, it is him. He gets it. He understands it. He, he cares. He competes. Like, if you, if you told me he wanted, like, this perfect specimen of, a, of an athlete, but he wasn't a, just competitive, he was kind of soft, but you had somebody who wasn't this specimen of, of athlete but just competed his butt off, I'm taking that guy all the time. Every day of the week, I'm taking that competitor, even if he looks softer in, 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 in the derriere than the other guy. He's not a Greek god. I'm taking the competitor, and that's what Isaiah is. So earned, earned is absolutely he's earned that. He's earned the right to be in that, in that conversation. But, again, it, there's so much more than just how much you play, how well you play week to week, can you sustain it, and things like that. So the Lobos are going to be in a tough position. Coach Gonzalez and company are going to have to figure out what gives them the best chance to win down the stretch. And, you know, depending on the offense, that could be Terry, that could be Isaiah. That, there's, you know what I mean? So, again, it, it, there's nothing wrong with competition, but we'll see what happens, man. We really will. So I was talking to Rob earlier, and he was describing Isaiah to us, and he's like, he's not the biggest guy, not the fastest guy, doesn't have the biggest nope. arm, but nope. if he's, he gets underestimated. But he's a winner, and he rallies yep. a team around him, and he knows the offense. It's like, Rob. You're describing Tom Brady. Are you saying Isaiah Chavez is Tom Brady? <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. Whoa. <laughs> whoa. Uh, uh, whoa. Yeah. whoa, whoa, whoa. Well, Tom Brady is all those things, and he can throw the ball, and he can, you know, accurately assess the defense and do And I don't like Tom Brady. I'm not a Tom Brady fan. Maybe I shouldn't say that out loud, but I just, I'm, not, I'm a Niner fan growing up, have been. So John, John Montana is the GOAT, but we'll, that's another conversation for another day. But he, he rallies the troops. He really is. Like I just told you, if you wanted somebody who's going to grab the bull by the horns and, and, and cowboy up and put people out there and say, hey, let's go. The defense loves him. They're going to listen to him. They're, he's that guy. He earned that. He's done that. So that's, that's something that you can't really teach and or coach. So the Lobos need that. I just don't know from a, from a longevity standpoint from the Lobos if that's what they want, right? Is he good enough? Has he earned that? Absolutely. But you just don't know kind of what they want to do moving forward based on the weapons that they have, based on the teams that they're going to play, right? Because here's what I tell people, too, about, about Isaiah in that, in that moment. Wyoming didn't know if he was going to play or what. They, were, they, had, they had schemed and prepared for Terry, right, Terry Wilson. And then it's like, oh, boom, there's this guy who's smart. He's going to pull the option. He's going to run. He's going to be tough. And they never really – they were on their heels. So if the next week, which is UNLV after the bye week, if they're prepared, then the success might be a little different. I'm not sure. So, again, they have to play the quarterback – who gives them the best chance to win. Isaiah is in that conversation for sure, but they also have somebody else who they feel like can compete, who hasn't played as well as we kind of all thought he would, let's be honest, and maybe it's some injuries and stuff, but Isaiah obviously has just – he's just a competitor, man. He's my kind of guy. I'm picking him 10 out of 10 on my team. 10 out of 10 times he, he would be on a team that I start, and that's what the Lobos need right now. Okay, so Dontrell, okay, you were the sixth member of the Ring of Honor. Um, Correct. Later on down the line, just as a as a person who lives here in Albuquerque, um, who's been following the Lobos lightly, lightly, is it yeah. something that you think about coming back here and being on the coaching staff, or maybe helping the program in some type of way, some sort of way, especially with your name holding the weight that it does for the Lobos? Well, I appreciate that. You know, from a guy who has you know uh, reaped some of the benefits of that name itself. Um, I um, 
I don't know, man. To be honest, Buck, I I I love what I do now. Um, you know, like doing the radio and broadcasting. I coaching is a different animal. It truly is, man. I, I tell people all the time, you, your whole family, your whole world has to be dedicated to football or to coaching, or it's not going to work. And so I didn't. I'm. I don't know that I am. I enjoy it. I enjoy teaching kids. I, I work with juvenile delinquents, and so I, you know, changing the world one juvenile delinquent at a time. That's what I do, and you know, I run a facility that 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 um, you know brings in those kind of youth and tries to change the direction of their life. But coaching is a different animal. It's an 80-hour-a-week job. You know what I mean? You know, 90 hours. You just you're away from your family and friends. You you know, this is your life, and if you're not completely committed and devoted to it. You're doing yourself a huge disservice, and so that's why no, I haven't. I haven't really thought about or wanting to coach and 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 to do that because I'm not sure that's where my commitment would lie. Looking forward to UNLV. Is it just another game for the Lobos? Is it business as usual? Do they have to change the game plan? What do the Lobos have to do to keep this going and beat UNLV? Well, the reality is, I remember Coach Longfins. We were really, really good after bye week. We we got some rest, but we went hard. Um, you know, having given Coach Long a couple of weeks to game plan for a, for an offense is, is is bodes well for the Lobos. So for me, obviously we're not into UNLV week yet, but um, preparation needed. You know, from a broadcast standpoint, but from a football standpoint, um, they got to do a lot of what they did last uh, uh, yeah last week, which was defend well. Um, get timely offensive possessions or op- offensive first downs, do things timely, not turn over the football, cause the other team to turn over the football. And that's a recipe for success for any team, whether you have a – whether you're scoring 55 points a game or you're scoring 15 points a game. If you can stop the other team from scoring, minimize their offensive opportunities, and then create havoc, you know, like, uh, you know, create uh, turnovers and, and, you know, do that stuff. You know, it's like Tupac, right? I'm not a killer, but don't push me, right? So I'm not saying go out there and be killer, but go get work. You know, you know, do some things that are borderline, you know, aggressive. And, you know, you're, you're, you're playing hard. You're playing with reckless abandon, you know, but you make like this, you know, you make this song. You make it, you make about, you, it's poetry, right? It's, it's chaotic poetry is what I call football. And the teams that are the best at being, having that poetry with chaos are the best teams. And so the Lobos did a little bit of that last week against Wyoming, and they were 20-point underdogs, 20 underdogs at Laramie. And, uh, and and get the W. So if the Lobos can create a little bit of that magic. I think I think they'll they'll um, they'll be good down the stretch. But again, we start off well. Houston Baptist. Lobos start off well. Houston Baptist in New Mexico State. There's like this buzz, and then you lose five in a row. And granted, the teams were really good. Let's be honest, right? Uh, UTIP's obviously better than we thought. A and M, Colorado State, Air Force, you know, San Diego State. Those are five really good football teams. So is it a microcosm of the teams that they're played or the way they are playing? Combination of both. You look at last week, they did a lot of good things to win. And even in those games that they lost, they did a lot of good things that if the offense could have had just any, any, any resemblance of, of success, they maybe win two out of those five, at least one out of those five. So they'll just have to do a lot of what they did last week, and we'll see what happens. You heard it there. Lobo legend Dontrell Moore recently inducted into the ring of honor. Congratulations again, Dontrell. Thank you. Absolutely. I appreciate it. I really do. All right. Till next time, man. Really appreciate you. Yeah, we'll talk to you guys soon, Buck. You take care, man. You guys be safe. Thank you. When we come back, the I-9 varsity of people we would like to see beaten up. (laughs) Okay, here we go. More ABQ Central on 95.9 FM and AM 610, the sports animal. 
Welcome back to ABQ Central on 95.9 FM and AM 610, the sports animal. I've been telling you all night, Albuquerque and loyal listeners, it was a Fredless Friday. Shyamalan twist. We got one segment with Fred. Welcome to the show, Fred Slow, co-host of ABQ Central. I'm all, I'm all knuckled up, boys. I got white knuckles. I'm ready to start just... Just punching celebrities in the face. You ready? It's, that's not an answer. You can't just beat people up. Oh, I, I thought today's varsity was punchable faces. That's I'm, close. I'm it's so very like, close. We've, oh. we've done punchable faces on the I-9 varsity before. So we were talking Jake Paul and Floyd Mayweather earlier, and we knew the Love fix that. was in. And so we're talking about what athlete or fighter would you like to see beat up anybody, really? Buck D, I'll hand it to you. You go first. Fred, you're up next. Oh, man. Yep. Okay. I'm going to say this is a two versus one. Okay. The two. I like it. It's Donald Trump. Okay. Vladimir Putin. Okay. Versus Kimbo Slice. Okay. That would be a fun one. That would be great. That's a very okay. good one. Yeah. Do- Donald Trump's going down fast. But <laughs> yeah. Putin can Putin, hang. Yeah, yeah. But. but Knowing Putin, he's going to throw Trump out there first. Oh, for sure. Yeah, to, to tire out Kimbo. Tire out Kimbo. Yeah, yeah. Use, just hold him up. Use him as a punching bag. Yeah, yeah. So I, I like that one. Like a fat shield. I like that one. Freddie? All right, so I, oh yeah, I'm ready. So mine is similar. It's a similar theme. So I just really want to see Snoop Dogg square up against Martha Stewart. Because only <laughs> okay. one of them is going to be the baddest fellow on the left. So if, if I had to pick, I just want to see – like, who's going to swing first, number one, but then who's going to swing last? So that's, that's mine. I got, uh, I got Snoop Dogg just, like I said, knuckling up against, against old Martha Stewart there. I'm going to say Martha because she's been to prison. You're crafty. Yeah. Yeah. She, she know. She know. Okay. I got a little uh, a twist on my angle here. Okay. I got one Thomas J. Sinnott that might not ring true in your head right now of who it is. But that is Macaulay Culkin from the movie My Girl. Okay, nice. And I got Macaulay Culkin beating up some guy in a bee costume. So that's a beekeeper. Yeah, I got a. Yeah, yeah, he he gets to beat up a bee. That that lady with the AMSR voice that helps the bees. Okay, there you go. Just get whooped by old Macaulay Culkin, like a like a like a relatively high Macaulay Culkin. (laughs) I can't recognize physical pain done onto him. I'm into that. Yeah. Okay, I, I'm going to go a little different here. Uh-huh. Chun-Li from Street Fighter. Okay. Versus R. Kelly. Oh, okay. Okay. Yes. All right, that's a good one. Yes. Straight beat down. He can't sing his way out of those kicks. Not you, at all. You know he's getting beat down in prison. <laughs> you don't you want another one? Yeah. Sing. Yeah. Sing ignition again. They're, they're putting sing ignition. They're putting him on the phone to, to sing to their girlfriends yeah. and the moms. And if we if he doesn't hit the right note, uh-huh. they beat the hell out of him. I love this. <laughs> as soon as he goes back to his rack. Now, I got All a right. similar one in that same vein, okay? So I have, and it's only because of the just yesterday released trailer of the new Buzz Lightyear movie. Okay. okay? So I'm going to say Tim Allen needs to take on Tom Hanks Ooh. for the throne of who is Toy Story. Ooh. Because I think I think this Buzz Lightyear puts Tim Allen over the top, and I don't think that'd be consensus from the Toy Story fan base. So let me see those two square off. Well, here's the problem. It's not Tim Allen anymore. 
it's That's uh, what I'm saying. It's Chris it, Evans. It's yeah. Chris Evans. Yeah. So Chris Evans trumps both of them now, right? Yeah. Now you're talking about Inception, and that's a yeah. whole other movie. So I'm not interested in going down that path right okay. now. Okay, a super similar angle you have, and we're right, we're up against it, so we don't get to go through our whole list here. Super similar angle I got here. I would like to see Leonardo DiCaprio mm-hmm. beat up Kate Winslet. What? Yes. <laughs> Deservingly. Everyone knows they both could have fit. They both yeah. could have fit she on that deserves. driftwood. It was so easy. She deserves it. 30, 30 different ways. She deserves it. She, she worse than like, she devil incarnate is what she is, like she just she is the human form of the devil. Special shout out to Fred Slow for calling in in the last segment. Hope things are going well in Vegas, my dear friend. Thanks to Rob Portnoy, voice of the Lobos. Thank you to KOB TV's very own Brandon Ortega, and thank you for Lobo legend Dontrell Moore for being on the show today. But most importantly. Robert Butt D Gibson. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you guys for the invite, man. This has been great. More ABQ Central tomorrow morning on 95.9 FM and AM 6.